Batfleck one two one two. Friendship with Batfleck ended. My new best friend is now Pat Bat. Pat Bat. Did you see those weird rumors? That he got fired from the Batman? Yeah, and uh, the other it? one's like he's tanking it on purpose and shit like I, that. And I was like, what? That's, we're in a whole other era of news speak and crazy fake news, alternative facts. I was like, is this just like a super slow week? Because there was a, a <laughs> lot of a lot of books and no one yeah. wanted to read. So they just started like making up weird mm, stuff. That sounds like a good play. Yeah, I mean, because... It was a relatively slow week for news, uh, same as last week. Oh, yeah, well, it's kind of hard to start this one because we usually start with the news. Yeah. Here at the House of Comics Podcast. Nice. I'm Chris. And I'm Alex. Like I said, this is the House of Comics Podcast, episode 28. Yes. Yep. Almost certainly. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, episode number 28. And uh, for this one, it's, it's kind of sort of a special episode, but not really. It's special in the sense that we, we won't be doing things, nice. that, the things that we usually do. Exactly. Uh, so we, our uh, episodes are usually in three parts. First part being a new segment that we call Filler Crisis, where we label things filler. Um, and we kind of kind of breeze through it, or we label it crisis. That's something we got to kind of stop, talk, and uh, discuss. Then we have our topic of the day. There will be no topic of the day today. <gasps> and then... Usually, in the end, we do our big comic book review where we talk about all the stuff we read, give you recaps, how we felt about them, um, projections for what's going to happen next, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so, like I said, today is special because, one, like I said, there's no topic of the day. <gasps> Two, it wasn't really that much news as yeah. well because uh, if you guys are keeping up with the pod, we put out the last episode a little bit the the gap between episodes a little bit shorter because the last one came out a little bit later yep so we put that out thursday so it's only been you know three days yeah yeah since we since we last put the put the pot out so not much has happened uh one thing i I guess i asked you about since it was like the hot thing the day we put the pot out or like the day after or whatever uh filler crisis dr strange will be in fact (gasps) appearing in the next spider-man film um, it's gotta be maybe the biggest filler we've ever talked about. Well, what if I added in the caveat that Jamie Foxx may be reprising his role as Electro in that same film? All Jamie Foxx news is immediately filed as crisis news. <laughs> See, that, that, so, and that's, that's where I'm at That with. changes it. <laughs> we all knew that Benedict Cumber... Melon, whatever. Cumberbatch. It's Cumberbatch. Humperdick. Cumber... Cumberbatch. Cumberland, Humperdinck, Humperdinck. <laughs> we know that big man, big hump. He was, he's gonna show up eventually, right? right. I mean, like he's important, blah blah blah. And we know they're moving towards the multiverse thing. And right, right. ever since they started tying in fucking uh, J. Jonah Jameson at the end of the oh, previous yeah, right. Spider thing, so it's like, yeah, you know, we're moving towards that, right? And it's just the inevitable next step, anyway, right? So absolutely, not too shocking there. Uh, Jamie Fox Electro. That is is it's jarring on a couple levels. <laughs> it really is <laughs> because I immediately thought of his performance and more importantly the character design <laughs> from his uh, original Electro appearance in uh, was it Spider Man Two? Yeah, the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. But they said he's not gonna be blue this time, right? He's not gonna be blue this time. But I will it be enough? I think. <laughs> there could have been better things. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there's there absolutely could have been better things. <laughs> there has to be a different way. But, um, you know, what are you going to do? I uh, personally was offended because when the news was released, everyone was talking about the multiversal implications, as you mentioned earlier. Sure, sure. And no one was talking about Jamie Foxx. 
Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Everyone was just like, oh my god, we're gonna get all the Spider-Mans now. And I was like, you should be thankful that Jamie Foxx is back, right? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like, let, let's let's take it while what we can get right Come now. Come on. Yeah, there was no real uh, other news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, that uh, was a big thing. We've gotten some like some weird stuff here and there. We've got more comments from some DC contributors about what the future fractions DC stuff's gonna be and how it's gonna link to to metal uh, via Scott Snyder. I didn't want to get into that because I started reading. Uh, his his interview with our uh, news drama I want to say in regards to this and it was like uh, about to be a lot of spoilers for like death metal oh and I'm like that yeah already getting a lot of those from like the internet as as it is I don't need it straight from like the horse's mouth Scott's already bad enough with the with the yeah. hard spoilers yeah. it's like you know what all right guys I'm just gonna tell you next two issues <laughs> like it's too cool not to I get it right I, yeah t- totally get it but also let come me, on dude. let me have this I 100%. haven't had that many things this year Scott. Right? <laughs> You can't take them. You can't. You can't promise me them and then rip them away from me. L- what is that, dude? Literally. Uh, but yeah, like I said, that's really it for the news. Unless you, unless you got something. Um, Colin Farrell as the penguin, looking looking unhealthy. Oh, he has like uh, like clips from yeah, the little, the shots. And, yeah, and and uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, she's Kyle looking fantastic. Like the nails. Take yeah. note of that. Cat like. Big, big, big enjoyment from that. Oh, um, the, the Green Lantern stuff. Oh crap. Well, how you know what? Huge. It, it was too much fun. It made Huge. too much sense. But yeah, that filler, one, yeah. filler crisis. We I mean, also, this is this was a no brainer as well, but it's officially been greenlit. The Green Lantern show on nice. uh, HBO Max. It's been green yeah. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. Um had we willed that into existence. Hey, nice. You had to shine a light on this part there of you the, go. Uh, the DC universe, right? The, it was a uh the bright day. You know. Some would say the brightest day. Shit, dude. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> Personally. Um but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, let me actually let me get the names for that because uh, do it some pretty big names on this, of course that I'm forgetting right now. Okay, first off, going to answer your questions. What Green Lanterns are going to appear in the show? The most important question. The most important question. Jessica Cruz, Simon love, Baz, love. our favorite Rebirth Green Lanterns, Alan Scott, love the Ultimate OG, and the one. The only, the Damn. man, the myth, the legend, the red-headed wonder himself, Ugh. Guy the Warrior Gardener. God damn it. We love him here. Wow. Huge. And and th- there's going to be more. There's also um, Sinestro? Yes. Is that yes. confirmed? Oh, I, my God. I, 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 Sinestro has been all but confirmed. Ooh, huge. Yes, he will also be appearing in... Uh, a lot of people are saying, or the rumors are, are currently speculating. What we have, the information we have now, is suggesting there's going to be a ten episode uh, series, uh, ten episode anthology series. So we can kind of assume that this is going to be pretty, pretty tight. You know, yeah. I, I don't think they can. I mean, obviously, they're going to get pretty, pretty wild with the with the concepts. I would hope, but like I said, I don't think it's going to be anything like too, you know. Not gonna be any brain melters. <laughs> Probably not going on in this show. Probably not. You know, it's not gonna. Whatever's going on in Lovecraft Country right now, it's probably yeah. not that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and that's that's partially due because of the the producers and writers tied with it. Seth Graham Smith and Mark Guggenheim will be yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. 
uh, Guggenheim, of course, of uh, CW, Arrow, and Flash fame, or infamy, depending on what side <laughs> of the, the, the fence you land on that one. With the Guggenverse. With the, with the Guggenverse. And uh, Seth Graham Smith, uh, I know from the Lego Batman movies. Right. So with a combination like that, it's like one of those things where this this feels like a home run swing. You know I what I mean? I want it to be, Yes. Like, if those things work the way they should work together, then it should be fantastic. Exactly. You know, the internet immediately met this with just like the oh, the 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 Guggenheim is gonna he's gonna Guggenheim it. You know, we don't. They're essentially saying we don't want the CW to infest the, the beauty that has been HBO Max. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Right. But also, when's the last time HBO Max like truly missed? It's true. And Greg Berlanti was a big force behind Stargirl. And I think Stargirl was one of the best shows DC had put out so far. Yep, yep, and he's going to be on this as well. Yeah, so, like, we know from DC Universe that they, just because there are certain people that move back and forth between those worlds, it doesn't mean everything's going to end up feeling like The Flash. CW, I mean, not sorry, CW, uh, Swamp Thing's on CW. Yeah, yeah. So, like, come on. Exactly. I mean, Doom Patrol's on HBO and it was on DC Universe. Yeah. So, it, like, you know. You just shouldn't write it off so quick. Exactly. You know, we they know better. Wasn't there people working on um, some of the Doom Patrol that was on CW shows too? I yeah, mean, I think again, I think it's like there's kind of that DC stable in their in their TV universe. So well, because like I mean, at the end of the day, whether you like the shows or not, there is a reason why they work. Oh, it, that's it, that's so true, right? And if you can capture those things and put them in, you know, an HBO style setting, it it can only be amplified. You know, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything that I saw from Arrow or Flash. That will be undermined by an HBO budget. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> you know? would, it would just be vastly improved. Exactly, you know? better quality acting all around, better effects. But again, those those shows, I think they do a pretty solid job considering what they have to work with. Exactly, and people fucking they love them. I mean, there wouldn't be like six different CW shows, each of them with five plus seasons. You know, Supergirl ended at like season five or six, it's and crazy. people were ready to riot. I'm like, yeah. this show has six seasons already. I mean, I haven't watched them, but like, Jesus, like, what, what more could you want? Seriously, man. <laughs> when modern shows, you know, some only get if they're lucky two, three seasons. I mean, Netflix cancels shows pretty much. Oh yeah, out the you, you show up on Netflix, you're already canceled. Yeah, dude. So you know, <laughs> the fact that you made it that much off of a Supergirl show you should be pretty stoked, to yeah. be honest. And Netflix is like the, like the stock market. Stock market. You should already oh, watch yeah. the show two weeks before it come out for it to be worth a damn oh, essentially. It's very true yeah <laughs> if it's not hitting and memeing and all that stuff out the gate then it's probably not gonna get a second season yeah. but yeah okay that's it for for yeah. the news yes. that's the best news you yes. could have really yes. that was that was great news um and like i said no topic of the day today so we will jump right into the literature huge yeah that is a fat stack you got there oh yeah i mean well yeah let's should we do the distribution because i feel like I know I got two Marvel books. Do you have any Marvel books? No. Okay. And how many DC books do you have? Two. Okay, I got two. This is big indie. Big yes, indie land. For sure. And then I got a, a very nice spread for the indie books as well. Yeah, I got a couple Image, I got a couple Boom, and I got a Dark Horse. Okay, I got an Image, a Dark Horse, and Aftershock and a Vault. Okay, so cool. I mean, should we should we hit it with the with the big easy one? Might as well. Yeah, all let's right, get let's, out of the way. All right, hit it. <laughs> so just as predicted, Harley Quinn dies. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, did you Whoa. read this? No. Oh shit. Well, spoiler. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So Batman 100. Um, are we doing the full thing? The full teardown? 
Uh, or do you want me to kind of like dance yeah, do, around yeah, the do the, Yeah, because it looks like a lot. It's a it's a thick book. Yeah. By the way, $8 for the variant cover DC. Really? Really? $8? So, yeah, hit us with the, with the big plot points, big takeaways. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, big plot points, big takeaways are no one is happier to see Nightwing back in the Nightwing suit than Tinian. <laughs> nice. He is stoked. <laughs> he's made a big deal about the fact that he's in the suit Hell and Barbara yeah. is there. Barbara is functioning as a... Intelligence gathering and disseminating force. Okay. She is the Oracle. She's very Oracle like. She's Oracle. Okay. She's literally calling herself as Oracle. Okay. She's sick. in the watchtower. All doing right. The whole thing, right? They got the crew rolling around. Everyone's just whooping clown ass. Okay. It's good times being had by all. They're doing the best they can. This is it. This is the big final Joker play okay. and the big final Bat play, you know? <laughs> all the family is dealing with everything while Batman is going toe to toe with the Joker in his Bat suit. Right. Okay. In yes. The, in the Joker suit that he stole from Batman. That his, looks pretty wild. His yeah. Blue brightest day Batman. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, everything else is falling apart. The combined force of the Bat folk uh, have shut down all of the Wayne Tech stuff that the Joker and Punchline were using. Okay. Good play. Punchline. Right. Very good play. Punchline's pissed. <laughs> Underbroker's like, look, I'm out of here. I what? can't help you no <laughs> Wait, more. What? <laughs> She's like, we we made you richer than God. And he's like, well, the money's gone now. Space. Shit. Man. That's when Dick shows up. And says, here's a pun. Here's a journey pun. I'm going to kick your ass. And it's great. Literally, she hits the, she's like talking about how she loves the Joker and he'll never stop believing. And then, uh, and then Dick's like, I know a song that sounds like that. Hi, name's Nightwing. We haven't really, we haven't met. <laughs> Not really. I've been out of town for a bit. Good stuff. Jeez. <laughs> Dick then goes on to beat her in a manner of three panels, two oh, panels. Oh shit! Nice. <laughs> and then she calls. She calls in the crew. He's like, "Yeah, dude. Like, I'm better than you. Like, <laughs> this is not a competition. Hell yeah, dude. It was good. It was really good. Like, simple. Just like, foop, foop, boom. Nice. And he's like, "What are you doing? Like, Easy. I am the mini bat. And X- then X Y B A A B. Dude, literally, right? <laughs> so he hits her with the combo, and then she's like, "Well." Here's the squad, and he's like, "That's fucking hilarious." Because here's my squad. Everyone shows up. Good times are being had. Catwoman's watching. Okay. And now we're to the meat of it. Oh, Batman shit. is. <laughs> he's yes. like holding on to Zombie Alfred, trying not to let him get like what? burnt or blown up by the Joker, who's throwing Joker rings at him, just batarangs with Joker smiles on them. That's pretty good. All kinds of explosive gadgets and shit like that. And they're getting at it, and Joker just keeps stabbing the shit out of Batman. Dude, he's been he's been been getting stabbed in this. Dude, he really has. Batman has been stabbed more in this than I've ever seen him. I have no wonder he carries a katana around, which doesn't make an appearance. Very frustrating, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, so we get this little thing, and just as we had talked about before, the big plot point of Joker taking the outfit, yes. it's not about taking the outfit. Right. It's literally this whole thing in here where he's talking about the big deal here is Whatever future you dreamed of, where you got to wear the shiny new costume, it's gone, Bruce. It's all gone. What'd you picture? Retirement, long nights in the manor with Robins and Grand Robins cooing at your feet. This is the point. And the Joker then makes a point that says, this isn't the war. This is it. We're done. The war's over. This is after the war. I've already (sighs) won the war. The war was to change Gotham. Gotham has changed. Gotham is not Gotham any longer. Nothing will be the same in this city. I have done irreparable damage to it. And the way that all the wounds will heal, the way that the bones will have to be reset, the damn thing will never be the same. Huh. So he is, this is victory lap. 
Okay. He's just whooping the Batman's ass because he stole his future. I took this suit away from you. I took the people aren't nice here. This town's a shithole. You thought you could do it. I took all that away from you. And now I'm just rubbing it in your face, really. And so Batman is not stoked on that. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> um, they fight. He gets more serious. <laughs> gets to the point where the two of them are intertwined. And Batman is about to... Seems like he's about to get killed by the Joker. Maybe. Right. Maybe that's right where he wants him to be. Of course. Either way, what happens next is Harley Quinn <gasps> shows course. up and shoots Joker in the eye. Wait. In the face. In the eye face with a gun. And the Joker's like not stoked on that. What? And then Harley hits Batman with the Nolan. He hits. <gasps> she hits him with the hard, I've got bombs. There's one going on the Joker. There's one going on me. You can't save us both. You gotta pick. Wait, wait, wait. Dead ass. Wait, Harley Quinn's doing this? There she is. Bombs from Belle Reeve. Ties one to herself, ties one to him, says, I'm tired of this shit. Batman's like, no, dude, we gotta lock him down. I was wasting his time. The Bat family's on the way. We can lock him up. We can we can take him without killing him. And Harley's like, there's no more of that. We're not doing the whole taking without killing shit any longer. We are settling this now. And you're the one who's going to settle it. So you either let me die and save him or you save me and let him die. And Alfred's laughing up a storm. And you get the finally the Joker is the one who yells shut up because we've been having Batman telling him to shut up the right. whole time, which I liked that right. he did that. And then there's a kaboom. And we smash cut oh. to Shazam. And the family eating Snickers. Oh, dude, I was about to right? say, <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, right? We smash cut one week later. Harley's waking up. Out Are of you coma. fucking kidding me? And she is the one who is like grounding Batman here. She's the one who's telling him that it's an ugly city with ugly people doing ugly things, but they're all alive and doing their best. And it, and she thinks that's pretty neat. And I was like. Why is this Harley that's telling you this? Are you are you serious right now with this? And um, yeah, and so the assumption here is that he is, you know, Batman has killed the Joker by through neglect. Right. But he goes on to say, <laughs> the Joker was able to remove the bomb and free himself at the last second. What? Because he had the tools he needed to free himself. But Batman let the Joker to die. He just he assumed that he could. And what's interesting is right when he makes the choice, he actually tells the Joker that you have the stuff you need to save yourself. He's like, you have the stuff from the bat suit and blah, blah, blah. Like, you can save yourself. And then he gotcha. walks away. Huh. And the Joker's like pissed he's walking away. But um, but yeah, so I'm like, no way. He's dead, right? He's, he's dead. And then, like, they just kind of leave that up in the air before they have... Three, three, three individual, what I would say are epilogues. It's under one epilogue. Are you kidding me? But there are three completely independent things that occur in this. Okay, hit me. So independent, actually, that two of them have different artists. What? Yes, that's right. The team of Tinian and Jimenez and March, who brought us this fantastic book, is not the people who did all the stories in the epilogue. The first epilogue is a single page showing... How br- how this interesting mysterious figure um, <laughs> is is uh, really admonishing Bruce 
talking about how we had the same teachers, but you've made a mess and they should be ashamed of you. And he introduces himself as the ghost maker. Ah, uh, yes, of course. The much next, lauded. The next one. <laughs> next up, we have this kid who looks like a real... That's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? This kid looks like a real jerk. That's because he was a jerk. He's the clown hunter. Okay, Um see. Batman shows up and says, you got to stop murdering clowns. And he's like, my, the parents, my, they were killed by the clowns. And Batman's like, look, stop murdering clowns. I don't want to come back here. I understand. Here's a card for a therapist, right? Okay. I think it's the same therapist who is trying to help. What's her name? Um, Batgirl. Oh, all right. Um, but I'm not sure, but I think so. And then, you know, he's just being a smart ass the whole time to him. And then Batman's like, you got to stop. And he's like, what if I don't stop? And he's like, I'll come back and stop you. I know, every, I know where you are. I've took apart all your weapons. I know where you live. I know all this shit. You're a kid with a bat. Bat. The bat bat. You know? So, like, what are you going to do about it? And then he's like... Well, I might get help, or I might finish what I started. And that's the end of that. To be continued in Batman 101. Right? And then the last one is uh, this very subtle character here in a purple and green sweater with bleach white fingers and red fingernails walks into a bar and starts talking to a man about Punchline. We get this whole shtick here of Punchline looking way too attractive, really. Um, <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> so sad, doing the whole thing, and Whoa. she is. What's interesting? She's doing like this whole confession, essentially. Right. She's like, I was part of this, but I didn't kill anybody. I was tricked. I was a victim of the Joker, and I was this victim because I bought this ideology. And his idea was like that the city system is broken, and the city is flawed, and the only way we could fix this is to tear it all down and start again. And I'm really sorry for what I did, and blah blah blah. And, and then joke, and then this guy's like, well, she's doing. She's doing exactly what I wanted. She's spreading my thing through the world. He starts laughing at this guy, and he kills him by breathing smoke into his mouth, and then he tells him how he's going to use his body to set it up. Uh, so it looks like he was the one who died. So he's, like, faking his death. It's the Joker, guys. It was the, it was the Joker. We don't see his face, but it was the Joker. I'm assuming the reveal there is we're going to get to see the Joker sometime later with the dope eye missing like an eye patch maybe right but uh yeah it was the joker and that one was yeah i don't understand exactly why we felt the need to do those but they're there <laughs> now it's really unfortunate because i thought that this was really good like i really liked everything building up to it i love seeing the bat family cooperate again i love seeing right. oracle i was seeing barbara as oracle yeah. seeing dick back as nightwing and really owning it and having fun oh yeah like it was really great to see all of that happen and then batman's actual showdown with the joker it's very tense very dramatic very bloody very visceral nice nice and then having like while he's literally carrying around the weight of dead alfred haha <laughs> metaphors um <laughs> so right <laughs> That I really liked it all. Right. I don't know how I feel about Harley living. I don't know how I feel about the jokester living. I don't know how I feel. I actually know how I feel about three epilogues. I don't like that. I don't know how I feel about him winning the war already. That was the whole point. I that think, was kind of weird. I think that was the whole like you're not. This isn't going to go way you thought it was. Gotcha. I think that was that was the one because the Joker's not dead, Batman's not dead, Harley's not dead, the Bat family's back together, and Gotham is saved mm. once again. That is exactly how I expected this to end. Or maybe I didn't. Maybe I thought because right. he told me it wasn't it, then I should. I thought I was expecting more, but this is really how it was always going to end anyway. And so it was really on me to think it was going to be more. Yeah, I guess you're right. And it was always going to be Batman winning. Right. And, and everyone's okay. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I think more of what, of what Kenyon was trying to push was 
it doesn't end the way you think because it seems like Batman won here because he stops the Joker and all the people in the theaters don't die and the right. Bat family's back. Right. Punchline's in jail. Harley's alive. It seems like Batman won, but if the Joker's right about like integrally, systemically changing the the core function of, right. of Gotham, right. then yeah, the war was won. Right. We won't know until we get to see like actual repercussions here. Right. I guess that's why he is so uh, heavily laying the seas for Clown Hunter. He yeah. really wants that to be the byproduct of the Joker War to say, look, yeah. like maybe the Joker did win the war. Like, look, look at what Gotham has produced since Absolute. my actions. And that is one thing that the, in the Clown Hunter epilogue is kind of there for. That's probably the best part is like this kid is the ultimate showing of like a modern millennial zoomer nihilist mindset gotcha. of look the system failed me and the bad guy failed me right and my parents are dead right. and and just chaos and like i went out there and started killing people and i started helping so like who cares you can't right. help me they can't help me no one can help me it's all bullshit i'm just gonna keep killing clowns until i'm feeling better right like it's cheaper than a therapist yeah, so, yeah. you know and i think that might be it is like at the crux of this city, there are just there are kids who just don't have faith in Batman. Right. Batman showed up in his room and he doesn't have faith in Batman. Yeah, he was just like, fuck, whatever, bro. Literally. Not he's, like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, you got a mask on, I should put my mask on too. Like we're doing this thing, right? You know? <laughs> we're doing like, this thing. You know? Also he calls him he calls him like Dirk something. He calls him Dirk I wanna say like Navitsky? No, <laughs> it's way funnier than that. Wing Wingleton. Okay. That's pretty good. Because he's like, I know you, Bow Fam, and he's like, I know you, Dirk Wingleton. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is his name really Bow Fam? I I imagine as much. B a b a o p h a m. Bow Fam, Bow Fam, Bow Fam, Bow Fam. Okay, interesting. Not sure what the exact pronunciation is. I'm very very sorry about that. Right. Uh, but but yeah. So they have that whole exchange there. So yeah, there's this there's this very core level of nihilism that runs through the youth of Gotham and then that might be something that they play with in the future of this so I know that they're talking about Ghostmaker as like being a choice right between a potential heroes right right like you the city's now going to get to choose you want Batman or you want Ghostmaker and like I don't know exactly what that means I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what the, the repercussions of that are but yeah right they might be far reaching they might not be they're really only gonna be able to tell it was a bit of a switcheroo there because he, you know, for sure, by, yeah. by saying it's already over because things are different, but I didn't get to see them be different. It's hard to understand the full impact of it. Right. I'm like, you know, now I'm like switching around my perceptions of everything we've kind of been talking about, you know, yeah. since, since the Joker War. Uh, yeah. It all it. Honestly, now I'm thinking about it. Now that you've broken it down, I feel like some of the things that have occurred may have more impact than than they did on face value. It's true, and there are things mentioned here multiple times, kind of like what they touched on in, in Warzone, where it's like yeah. the money didn't help, Batman couldn't, like Joker's like, look, the Bat can't help, Bruce Wayne can't help, right. the city's fucked. You can't punch your way out of this, you can't buy your way out of this. Right. And so maybe, and with everything happening with with Warzone, with Lucius and all that stuff, and mm -hmm. then with um, oh man, what's his names? What the for the uh, the other history of DC, and those books that are coming. John Ridley. Thank you. Yeah. With his kind of implications that. Talking about the social issues of Batman and like right. the larger scope of like w these are problems that are systemic to a system that's built on capitalism and the exploitation of people. Maybe that's something we're going to talk about. Maybe because now I'm, now I'm now I'm trying to meta contextualize all this. 
maybe Tynan saying this isn't going to go the way you think it's going to go because it was like this whole Joker Award, you know, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're breaking the city down. We're breaking Batman down. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not going the way we think it's going to go because positives are going to come from this. Kind of like what you said. The yeah. Beth fans back together. Dick's doing his thing. Barbara's being very Oracle-like. All of these things also stem from the Joker War. These things wouldn't yeah. have occurred without the events uh, previously. It's true. So maybe that could be part of his whole, you know, like I said, uh, us, us maybe viewing this in a different light based on the events that have occurred. It's very true. It's interesting. The only way we really see it is with the uh, future issues. So it's I'm true. excited about that. But <laughs> overall, I liked most of this book really, really a lot. Nice. I gotta definitely got to check this out. Now that I know that, you know. Dick's back to Dick. Dick's crushing it in this. Nice. There's some great action Dick in here. Hell yeah. There's some great Dick action. Well, speaking of Dick action. hey We'll take it over to Justice League 54. Or should I say the new, new Teen Titans. hey uh, Written by Joshua Williamson. Art by, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher the name again because I did not look it up. Zarmanco? Zarmanico? X-E-R-M-A-N-I-C-O? Zarmanico. Zarmanico? Uh, colorist is Romulo Fadahadro Jr. Letters by Tom Napolitano. And this, <laughs> this just feels like some soup, like good old superhero goodness. We nice. get a lot of, a lot of tropes coming back in here, but obviously, of course, they're, they're death metalized. Nice. So I'm very interested. We talked about this off the pod. Justice League Odyssey 25, the finale is going to have some popping off. It has to. That's the end in a big way because <laughs> this book, Justice League 54, opens with Starfire and Cyborg boom tubing into the book. Just just into the book. They are there. They are met with a this weird looking shark rhino eagle monster, a weird looking killer croc monster, and a pig monster. Nice. And they're like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, our team that we met previously, Nightwing, uh, Lex, (laughs) Detective Chimp, and Hawkgirl, come and save them. And, you know, it's it's a quick fight, but it's more of, you know, the reunion. Like, oh, my God, like, Cyborg, Dick, Starfire, I know you guys. It's been a while. Yeah. It hasn't just been a while. It's been two years. Holy smoke. It has been two years because this was, okay, I loved and hated this because Joshua Williamson was like, Yes, these things happen, but this is how easily we're gonna we're gonna breeze by them. Corey and Dick catch up on two years of of them not seeing each other because in those two years she was in space on JLO, right? And he was Rick. Oh my god! <laughs> and they can they kept to that this whole time. And I was like, you know what? Wow, I guess they haven't really drifted too far into other people's you know stuff. No. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, they catch up on that, and they're just like, oh, yeah, you got a you know crazy scar, and Dick's like, yeah, your hair is funny. And I'm like, this is strange. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, I've essentially been here for both of these books, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know now. <laughs> they're just both together. So that was fun, and that kind of leads into a little prelude of we're going to get a, bit, a little bit later. They are with Lex, and like I said in the previous issue, they met Lex, and Lex was trying to give him the game on how to you know take down Perpetua, yeah. where, where they were going. And now that they've met with a uh, Corey and Cyborg, Nightwing is even uh, 
less trusting of Lex. He's sure. like, I got my real friends here now, my real squad here now. Like we we got enough, we got more than enough firepower to handle the mission, and you already told us where to go. So you know, be gone, and we're gonna handle this ourselves. And Lex is like, you're fucking up. You're making a mistake. Right. Like all you guys are here, and you're forgetting the fact that you're going to a place that took down the Martian Manhunter, and he's right. essentially stronger than than all he is. Right. Uh, and Hawkgirl gets a vision from the Martian Manhunter, essentially telling her what has happened to him when he went up against the Mind Hunter, which is, you know, a Batman Martian yeah. Manhunter. He got got outthought. <laughs> <laughs> he literally got outthought. <laughs> this is the Mind Hunter hits him with the your mind will be mine. That That's he l- good. literally says that. Okay, I'm into it. So like I said, they know where they're going. They get there and <laughs> They met with probably the strangest obstacle we've seen in a metal anything yet. We get a canyon of starros. That's amazing. They have to cross a canyon of starros, starros, in order to get to their destination. Wild. So they're like, "What's the worst that can happen?" Essentially, because they start walking. Um, we get a little bit more into. Um, Corey and Cyborg's relationship, how it's developed over the time in JLO. We get a little bit more into, you know, Dick coming into his personality. We find out he's doing on this mission because he is still trying to get back to himself, even though this is way in the future, but whatever. Yeah, you know. (laughs) He's still trying to get back to himself, and he says, this is something that Nightwing would do. So I like that he said that, because this is extremely Nightwing. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about Starros. Yeah, Kane and Starros, I'm leading the squad into imminent danger. How bad could it be? (laughs) Exactly. It's, It's... Mark Wolfman writing it all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we are, this is where the book hits the real switch. Oh, shit. He's talking to Corey. And like I said, her hair has been all crazy since she's been back. But we get this top panel right here where she's looking old school. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Cool. And Dick mentions it and he's like, oh, I thought I saw your hair different for a second. And then we get the Nightwing. The disco suit. Waking up. With a live Alfred oh my. in a bat cave. And oh he's my. like, shit, Alfred. Like, oh, my God, you're alive. And th- like I said, it's fairly dark now. Oh. <laughs> um, like, well, like when you're reading, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. And, it's almost like they're in a valley of things that can control your brain and give you hallucinations and stuff. Exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a better one. What immediately, immediately hit me off to it. Because of my my love for the suit, I know a lot of people don't like the suit. Mm. If you look at the page, there's Batgirl, Barbara's there, and she is wearing her new 52 suit. Ooh, you're right. Which is the one suit that you cannot just slap on her without someone noticing because it's literally purple and yellow. Yeah, it's very obvious. Yeah, so like when I was reading this, I'm like, is Barbara wearing the, the thing? And I flipped it. And she's not wearing the thing. They're both wearing all the things. His oh, brain is like, being yeah. fractured and is bouncing over all the generations of costumes. That's good. He's wearing the new 52 suit. He's wearing a Batman suit. Yep. He's got the disco wing on. He's wearing the little Robin suit. Jesus. He's losing his mind. Clearly. And we find out that everyone else is going through the same exact thing. Oh, no. Uh, Vic's talking to his dad. Corey's talking to her mom, the queen. Everyone's just just, just losing it because, like you said, of course, they're in a valley of fucking starros. Who could have seen this coming? <laughs> who could have seen this coming? You know who could have saw it coming? Fucking Lex, because that's uh, who jumps in to save Nightwing. He's like, you idiot. 
<laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Why didn't you just take my lead? And oh, that was like, all right, well, my bad. That's on me. <laughs> that, that's on me, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> so he snaps out of it, and Lex is like, perfect. You're just in time, because now it's me and you versus the rest of your squad, because they're still under the mind control of, of the Staros. Like I said, <laughs> we're doing all, we're doing everything. The classic, dude. We're doing all the classics. So we got Team Nightwing and Apex Lex. Not even, I guess... Late Pex Lex, if you if Shit. you will, versus uh, <laughs> Post Malex. That's not bad, right? Uh, and like I said, versus our original squad of Cyborg, Starfire, Hawk Girl, and Detective Chimp. Yes. To be continued in Justice League Fifty Five. That's how. Yeah, that's how it ends. Brilliant. Oh my god. Yeah, that's how it ends. So well done, <laughs> right, dude? So shout out Joshua Williamson, um, and shout out I, I, I'm the artist Zarmanico. Great. Everything about this absolutely fantastic. It was fun. It was a fun time. I had no problem going down the superhero tropes, you know, memory Excellent. lane. It right. was good stuff. In that situation, it feels like it's appropriate enough. It feels like oh. it's fun, you oh, know, yeah. and so it just makes sense. It's not even that bad. It's like, oh, we're doing this. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm I'm glad to hear that it's coming so well. Oh yeah. You know it's going really well in the way that I mean that it's not going well for these people at all. <laughs> Is is deceased dead okay. planet? Jesus. This book is fucking excellent. <laughs> this is the worst day for everyone. Like every day is the worst day for everyone. I don't even know what day we're on. I think it's it hasn't been that long. But anyway, it's been three minutes since the <laughs> three minutes since the initial attack on the king and his royal guard. Is it gonna keep making Hunter Hunter references till we finish watching the show? Yeah, please. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, so as we all remember, holy shit, Scott Free's alive. Huge moment. That's right. Constantine shows up. Boom Tube's back with Detective Chimp. Of course. Everyone's ready to kill him. Because, obviously, you're like, this is the last bastion of humanity on the planet. And you just explosively, you Boom Tube in. There's nothing subtle about a Boom Tube. Right, exactly. Everyone's like, we're going to have to kill you. And it's like, oh, it's Constantine, of course. And he's like, well, you knew I was coming. And he's like, well... Not be a apocalypse. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> like, read the room. <laughs> read the series. Uh, Harley's here. Hmm? What? Was she she's always, always been there? Yeah, she's, okay. she just exists. So there's a plan here. And the plan is, like we talked about earlier, we're going to go to the, we're going to use Scott to go to New Genesis. Right. We're going to get Matron's chair. Right. And we're going to figure out the cure to the virus thanks to Cyborg, because he has the cure to the virus. Gotcha. And so that is reestablished. Constantine is like, we have a plan to further this. And everyone's like, no, we don't have a plan. We're not going to be able to catch Matron. Apparently Matron's very quick and <laughs> hard to nail down in general. I did not know that was the thing. Right. There's I mean, another thing that I didn't know either later. Okay. And it's mind-blowing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we'll get to that, because it's a whole thing I want to talk about. But anyway, so everyone's saying this bullshit, and then Constantine's like, look, I've got, boom, shing, the orb of whatever from Madame Xanadu. Her, oh. like, seeing Oh, oh, shit, okay. Right, now, right? Pretty Wild. O- apparently OP. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, that might be enough to lure Metron in, because he's thinking with the, with the chair, the Mobius chair, and his powers, right. he could probably see very accurately into the future, which right. is definitely something Metron wants. For sure. You know, he's this huge knowledge pool. So we get that. Um, John's in play. He's finally healed, which is great to see. Right. John and Mary go out to see Dinah, who is currently Green Lantern. Oh, right. 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 I know, that's a lot. <laughs> and she's sitting there, 
with in the rain, sad, Aww. stoked to see John, because remember, she almost killed John right. and Wonder Woman wow, what a by accident, yeah. right? In the first issue, yeah, <laughs> she's there with a ring holding on to Ollie, because Ollie mm. is infested. And she's mm. like, All right, we got to save him. No. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I know. And they're like, look, Gosh. if we do this right, we'll be able to make this happen. Like, we need a people. We need cosmic people to come with us. We're going to right. New New Genesis. We cannot bring the bat. We cannot bring, you know, people who cannot hang. Gotcha. We need cosmic level shit here. Right. And so she's like, okay, I'll go and help you. Thanks. Mary kind of talks her into it because Mary's the shit. Of course. And um, we have a great moment where Batman, Damien, and, and Wonder Woman, who is, I can't remember which Wonder Woman this is. It's not Donna. But um, they kiss. They're a thing. Oh, uh, Cassie. Thank you. Yeah. And she's talking about how, like, she loves them. Oh, Cassandra. She's like, there's something so hot about an emotionally aware Batman. Because Damien is, like, apparently the best version of Batman now. <laughs> Apocalypse will do that to you. Apparently, yeah. So they all show up. Immediate jokes about Light Ray. Like, they show up immediately. Light Ray shows up. He's like, oh, it's good to see you. And Scott's like, shut the fuck up, Light Ray. Fuck yeah. Dead quote right there. Shut the fuck up, Light Ray. As he should. Amazing. That's Love good. it. Shaved up Scott free, not taking it. Orion's here. He's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Why are you here? You brought Cyborg, the anti-life man himself. True. What are you thinking? He starts wailing on him. He does the whole thing. Mr. Miracle is like, he hits him down. He tells him to stand. Oh, okay, Scott's gotcha. standing. They do that whole thing until John punches the absolute hell out of Orion. Oh, wow. This is the book you're looking for. <laughs> There's a quick exchange between the All-Father and uh, Scott right. regarding Scott's son, Jacob, who is oh, alive shit. and being played with by Forager oh, on New Genesis. Nice. And it's basically a whole, like, look, man, don't do what I did wrong. And, oh. and Scott's like, don't you dare. Like, you put me, <laughs> you gave me as a part of a peace treaty to a hell planet under Satan. Don't you dare. <laughs> I left my boy here where it's safe while me and our, his mother tried to save the universe. This is not the same thing. This is the chief. opposite thing. Yeah. And he's like, look, whatever. You're, you're semantics now. You got to <laughs> do the right thing for your boy. That's good. And, and Scott's like, are you are you kidding me? Right. You know, so anyway, that'll never bite anyone in the back. I'm, I'm sure that'll be fine. So they go off. They got the orb. You know, all father says, look, I'll hook you up with Metron. They meet up in the for some reason, in, like, the space of the ruins where Apocalypse was, All which, right. as a quick refresher, Darkseid, like, dove into Apocalypse and destroyed it. Yes, I remember this time. So, yeah, that that's important. Um, <laughs> they're all there. To, they're all, like, Scott's hanging out with the orb, and everyone's, like, hiding behind debris, like, we're <laughs> gonna jump out and just fucking mug this man and just grab the chair and run. They, they, they're and gonna, I'm, like, fucking yeah, do the dude. fucking hoo-ha on yeah. fucking the <laughs> And so they're, like, literally all... Look at him. Dude, they're hiding behind the rocks. Wow, they shit. really are about hiding. About to pop out in Big Daddy Metron on the chair. Amazing, right? Rolls up. This fucking Scooby-Doo? Like, <laughs> yeah, what is dude, literally. <laughs> and it's like, they're having the whole exchange. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, you know, it's simple earth magic, but there's something real impressive about this. So yeah. I'm about it. I'm about it. And so Scott's like, we're going to do this. And he's like, well, I'm looking to the future. And Scott's like, I can see your future. <laughs> Get fucked. Nice. Everyone jumps out. Hell yeah. So you're Easy. like, at this point, I'm like looking at this like, this is a weird perspective. Like, how close is this man to me? And how far is everyone else from him? And then I see it. Look at look at the size of the hand. Grabbing on to Dinah. Oh, that is huge. Is Metron Dude, huge? Apparently. <laughs> Wait, look, what? Look at these panels. Yeah, no, I, I see it. The, the man oh. is a monster. He is a giant. It's... 
Has Metron always been this big? I don't think so. Because if you go back a couple pages and look at everyone else standing next to all the other new gods, they're all roughly the same size. Right. Is this Metron's big as hell? Is his size like changeable? I is very. It, he, I don't know. Maybe he's on the chair. He's big as hell. I don't know. But I'll tell you what. He's big as hell. So <laughs> is that the thing? That was the thing. <laughs> he's. I couldn't get over how big Metron was. So they had this whole moment. Metron's like he gets out of there just barely. And starts zooming. And he's like, I'm gone. Nice. And Superman catches up and he's like trying to talk him in. He's like, we need your help. And he's like, we don't want to fight. Uh, and he's like, but you jumped me. Like, what the hell is you don't want to fight? Right. He's like, look, we need you. We need this thing. He's like, I don't care. Like, I don't I don't care what you're here. Like, right. I was here for the war, but I'm not here for you. And then you beat me up. And now you're trying to ask for my help. Right. And so Mary Marvel does the thing, dude. She uses the goddamn no. wisdom of Solomon to hit him with the... As one of the most intelligent beings in the universe, don't you care about what will happen to knowledge if we fail? And Metron's like, shit, you you comic booked me. I'll help you. Damn, so easy. Right? The I know, talk dude, no jutsu. The talk no jutsu. Mary does it, right? <laughs> so they do the exchange. Cyborg sits on the chair, has an absolute moment on the chair. Oh, shit. Crazy stuff while he's, like, looking through reality, essentially. Right. And he has to, like, reorganize his body to create, a like, a cure. He's, gotcha. like, making himself into the cure. Oh, all He's, right. like, reorganizing himself on a genetic level. Wow. Okay. So, to do that, they give Metron the, the orb there. And he's, like, <laughs> John thanks him. <laughs> Metron goes, I can't be here. I must leave now. Gets on the chair and just runs away. And everyone's like, oh, fuck, that can't be good. And it's super not good. You know why? Because Darkseid's back. What? Not just Darkseid. This is Darkseid isn't. This is undead Darkseid. Zombie Darkseid shows up to New Genesis. He's grabbing uh, Orion. He's ready to fuck. And that's how the book ends. Undead Darkseid. Boom. Welcome to Deceased. This is the fourth issue, by the way. Who is who is editing this? This is completely off the chain. It is so good, but my <laughs> God, they will just do whatever they want. I'm completely taken aback by almost everything you just said. It, it's it's insane what they are doing, but really, really fun as well. Oh, no, it sounds fun as shit. So this fourth issue of Madness, uh, as I did not mention earlier, is brought to us by... Tom Taylor, of, of course, course, as usual, and some other guys who do excellent work. I wanted to get their first names. Obviously, the last names are on the front, but uh, Trevor Harrison and inks by Gigi uh, Baldessini with color as well by Rain Barreto. Nice. So, yeah, really cool stuff. Really great art. Really great story. Really interesting versions of these characters. Like... It's just great. Yeah, it is a lot. And, you know, Scott's still being pushed by trying to save Barda because, like, there's a chance for that now. We still have an undead Wonder Woman in play. Mm. We now have an undead Darkseid in play who looks like he's going to just destroy New Genesis. How is he undead? We, it's interesting. We don't learn that. We know he went into the core of Apocalypse, right? And they were in the orbit of Apocalypse, right? Right. We see this rock explode. Uh Uh-huh. And... Out of that explosion where the Black Racer is waiting, by the way, which I loved. The Black Racer's the in The Black Racer is just waiting for for Darkseid to show up. Jesus, okay. Um, and I think he was the only reason he was really there was just kind of like, because he's there. He knew death's coming. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? He knew death was coming, right? He's the like, herald of death, I guess. Yeah, but anyway, something like that. So, but yeah, so we see him from the root, from the remains of the core of 
apocalypse right. burst out essentially as an undead zombie dark side. What a book! Wow, what a book! So I mean, that's a lot to contend with. Truly, uh, the only thing I can match that with because yours is fairly Green Lantern centric. Yeah, I have a Green Lantern book. Uh, oh yeah. Also out of continuity, Far Sector. Number eight by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. Uh, uh, shout out to N.K. Uh, Jemison. She just got uh, announced as a MacArthur Fellow. Uh, nice. Yeah, incredible achievement uh, for a writer such as her caliber. So shout out to her. Um, which is hilarious because <laughs> so she got that award earlier in the week. I read this book and <laughs> on the first page we get a. Big Leroy Jenkins. Love it, dude. From her partner in crime and an alien reference at the bottom from her with little the, construct. With the loader. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, you know what? She de- she deserved this award. This <laughs> is the highest form of art. This this is the highest level. Absolutely. And right after the alien reference, I completely forgot that before we were doing the Matrix thing. So we were hopping right back into that. Uh, and the previous issue, uh, Joe, our Green Lantern. She was battling against these two members of the At At, which is a culture, a uh, like a cybernetic, like AI like culture. They essentially, I guess, no, they literally, <laughs> they, they literally killed one of the um, councilmen who was of a different race. It was a tree people that also lived on this world. So Joe obviously couldn't let that slide because it was one of the few councilmen that actually she was kind of vibing with. Everyone else kind of gotcha. sees her as this weird emotional creature because on this planet emotions are a no-no right they do the drugs yes. to suppress themselves yes called yeah. the emotional exploit yep but there's this other drug that you can take called switch off right which turns off the emotional exploit which allows you to experience emotions regular emotions but to these people those are like drugs hell yeah okay uh something i also forgot that shows up a lot in this book is a means of currency i forgot that they pay each other in memes oh my god and <laughs> that's good. And the most lucrative kinds of memes are the Earth memes. <clears throat> uh, Apparently, the OG Earth memes uh, is like essentially gold, <laughs> gold here. Like the Rage comics and shit like uh, that. Apparently, that's hysterical, right? So I got a big kick out of that. But yeah, her and uh, her partner in crime, who is a uh, another at at, but this is a good at at, are going up against these people, and they find a way to shut them down. They're essentially hand waved away, but not before gotcha. we get you know some. Some cool panels here and there. She does a lot of great cybernetic Green Lantern work. So that was dope. So after all this stuff, we finally get something that goes back to the the real plot of what's going on, which was, of course, the emotional exploit. Who was able to get these weapons that were able to kill the councilman because they use like these mech suits type things to kill them originally. Okay. Um, And. Uh, the connection to the the murder that started this whole thing off because that person is connected to the councilman that just died. So we got a lot of stuff. Right, exactly. So who would want the councilman dead after he, you know, had whatever he had to do with the alleged murder that has already taken place? Okay. So we find out a little bit more about who this could possibly be because there's only a certain amount of people that would even have access to this tech. Which is related to Joe from uh, another of her other, uh, uh, not her assistant. She's on the council as well, but this is another person who's kind of trying to be friendly to her. I think she's a, uh, no, sorry, she's a spokesperson for the council, not actually on the council. Yeah. So we get some more information about that. We also get the um, the interview of the person that uh, that was fighting with Joe. 
And we learned that he was kind of tricked into being on this mission in the first place. Hmm. Uh, first of all, they paid him in like, you know, hot memes. There, yeah. was, there, was, there was no way he can turn down these memes. And also, he didn't know that he was going to be killing someone. So, mm. so, or or the, the extent of which that, what, what that really means. Because he was an AI. So apparently, AIs, they can do this thing where they can like go into someone and actually shut them off like a biological person. Sure. And Joe's like, how is that a fucking thing? Sure. And, and her, you know, at ad is like, well, you know, you're brain is like a like a neural processor so anything can be hacked so they hack your rights <laughs> yeah sure so, so i'm like yeah sure whatever man they could just kill them <laughs> but yeah so so joe's like okay yeah i'll play ball with this uh and i guess the guy had gone crazy from switching off this person because when you're an ai that switches off a person you experience that death but because you're an ai you don't know what death is ah so one not knowing what it is and then two trying to move on from experiencing it from a one-to-one perspective has essentially completely wrecked you as what you were set up to be originally which is like you know a self-functioning robot right sorry a lot a lot was happening <laughs> um so we come back <laughs> we come back to the council because they're like all right dude what the fuck's going on we got at ats in jail we got councilman's murdered you know we got we got alleged cybernetic matrix fights going on and shit like you need to tell us sure what the dealio is and she's like nah fuck that you need to tell me what the dealio is classic every time i come up in here it's because i fixed your shit and every time you ask me why is there shit it's your shit damn <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and she goes like, you know, we don't know anything about these ad ad people. Maybe we should ask the ad ad people. And the ad ad councilman is like, oh, are you saying because she these people were ad ads that we have something to do with this? You think we, <laughs> <laughs> you think because we're you know, we we, we they, and we just have big ad ad meetings right. where we tell people to go kill whoever. <laughs> And she's like, no, that's not what I think. But you need to take accountability for some of the things that go on. You can't keep blaming the person who you're asking for help for every time they try to solve an issue that you ask them to fix. Right. Um, so either don't ask me, <laughs> either let me fix the, the things that you call me here to fix, or I can leave. It doesn't, sure. it doesn't make me any never mind anyway. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, I got to keep dealing with this this thing and so at this point i'm a little confused because I, maybe this is part of the mystery as well why is she still there you know if if the council is so worried about her sneaking around to the point where they don't want to like give her all the information that she needs right but also needs her there to the extent where they allow her to get so close as to continually <coughs> show up in the council room sure every couple days like what is what is it what is going on here? You know, it started off as a simple murder and it has exploded into like a couple people have died at this point. Yeah. We have, you know, a, a race war that's been breeding for generations. <laughs> we got two, a triple race war. Uh, nice. We dude. got <laughs> two kind of drugs. Uh, one you get at birth. One you turn off the drugs that you get at birth. Um, <laughs> been there. And a Green Lantern who can really only do one big fight every couple yeah. books because of the way her ring works. So now she's she's out of power after that big fight, you know, uh, that she had at the sure. beginning of the book. She's at like 2% like still. She had to take a cab home again. Huh. <laughs> the second time she's taking a cab home, which I find hilarious. Um, 
so yeah, at the end we get like this weird bit of 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 plot movement, which is about to throw the plot completely forward. Uh, which is funny because I thought most of the book would have would have done that, but this is the thing that we're about to jump onto. One of the guys from our third race of people, we got the at at, we got the plant people, and we got space Wakanda. I forget their actual right. name, but that's how I refer to them on the rest of the pod. So that's how I continue to refer to them. Consistency. <laughs> They're her homie from the Space Wakanda, who originally was seemed kind of weird because he was taking the switch off, and then like he tried to like make a pass at her, she denied him. Then they slept right. together anyway, and then yeah. that was the whole thing, right? Because of course, so now he's back because he removed himself from the council because he felt bad about his previous actions, and Joe kind of got some. He's like, "Hey, you should go to Fieldsnet. I think your answers are there, essentially." And she goes. What the fuck is that? That's a good question. <laughs> and he goes, I'm sending you a different site. You know, just trust me. You'll you'll know what to do when, when you get there. And make sure you come to me before you go to the police for whatever you find in this field's net place. So now we're, we're, we're back into a very precarious place because already we've come to the grips that Joe can't really trust anyone she's yeah. working with whilst trying to bring justice to, yeah. to the council. So that's weird. Should she trust the formal councilman that has renounced his seat because of her, but also seems to be up to some, you know, nefarious deeds? Or should she go to the police who have also proven to be corrupt because of instances she's already had against police? Remember, she had to stop them from shooting on that, that right, riot that was right. going to happen. Well, uh, so. <laughs> yeah, you just got to keep going. With, so we, they got 12 in here. And yeah. I, I. I I've come to the grips. I come to grips with the fact that I don't think we're gonna solve the murder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I let that go a couple of issues ago, uh, but I I just gotta see how this ends, man. There's there's too many things like up in the air right now. Uh, this city has been going through a lot for a long time. Uh, Joe has not been here for a long time, but right. has already taken on a lot of the burden uh, because of the just the negligence that has ran right. amok. Uh, the council for such a while. Uh, see, I, I don't really know what to say. I, I, I actually like the I like the issue a lot. It was a great yeah. issue, uh, packed full of, a lot of information, a lot of cool stuff. But I, this is the point of the story where I'm definitely looking for some kind of resolution. Sure, <laughs> because like I said, we just got a lot of stuff going right now, and I'm, this is the first time I hear about this feels in that place, and we're on <laughs> chapter eight. Dude, you gotta have the feels in that right. It, I'm assuming this is some kind of like emotional thing. Maybe this is the tie to the emotional exploit. Sure. We'll see. Gotta be, right? It's gotta be. But like I said, NK Jemison, Jamal Campbell, far section number eight, do not hop in right now. This is <laughs> this is this not the place to hop in, but this has definitely been one of my favorite books like since it's been out. Uh there's a little delay for this one, so it's been a minute, of course. But uh, I think it's back on schedule uh for the rest of his time. So shout out to that. Very neat. Do you have any other DC books? I do not. All right, you want to do your Marvel books? Yeah, I'll do my two Marvel books because this uh, <laughs> this should be pretty quick. So, oh. so I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I don't know exactly what's going on in nice. Axis because I didn't read the first three uh, three chapters. To be completely honest, yeah, dude, there's just swords in them, right? Well, so the, the thing is, yes, I'm gonna give nice. you guys a quick synopsis of what I've read from the internet right. and memes to figure out what's going on. That's all you really need. Essentially, apocalypse needs to keep this portal open on this island called Arako, which is the sister brother island of Krakoa. 
Sure. That's a, a anagram. Obviously. Oh, those fuckers. Right. Araco has been a thing, or Araco, however you say it, has been a thing you know for this whole time, but it hasn't been talked about too much. It's a place, well, because Araco is also a mutant, much like Akoa. Right. And it is home. I think they put like prisoners on it or something like that. I forget the whole thing. But the niche about it is that while Kokoa has portals that can only be accessed by mutants, Arco has one portal, but it can be accessed by anyone. Mm. Okay? And this is so, I guess this is the only way that Kokoa and Arco can communicate. So the Quiet Council, which is, you know, uh, Xavier, Magneto, all the, all the, you know, big dogs. Large brain boys. Right. Uh, they have been trying to push Apocalypse, who I guess is in charge of Arako, uh, to shut down the portal um, because it could be it could lead to you know, an open attack on Krakoa potentially. Uh, and Krakoa, the island, is like we can't do that because this is the only way I can, like I said, I can communicate with Arako. Some shit happens. We get with the. I, I'm gonna skip over all this. Anyways, Apocalypse goes on this journey with his crew, some two dudes I don't know, and is met with the OG Horsemen of the Apocalypse, which are his children, and they're like, hey, what's up? Let's do the whole shebang bang again. Psych. Nice. It's a plot. Easy. You're in stasis. We're gonna fucking do some crazy shit unless this shit goes down. Um, so now we're met with the Horsemen giving us an ultimatum. Either, you know... The shit's gonna go down. I forgot the you know the the end game, or there's gonna be a ten sword tournament between the X Men and the mutants of Arco <laughs> for the fate of you know the people that are are trapped where Apocalypse is. It, uh, I, I, I'm sure it's more intense than that, right? Or more detailed than that. I bet. But that is all you need. There's a there's a portal that needs to stay open. It can only stay open if this ten sword tournament occurs <laughs> between the X Men and the mutants of Arca. And I'm hope I'm saying that right as well. So that's where we're at. Okay. All right, easy. Uh, by the time we get here, uh, I'm gonna yeah start with a uh, X Force. So it was chapter four. Magic, who is in <laughs> who is in New Mutants, has somehow found found a way to get her sword. In between the first chapter, X Factor, and Hellions, I want to say, which were obviously all books that she's not in because she's in yeah. New Mutants. <laughs> Goodness. So, chapter four. <laughs> X is sword, sorry. <laughs> we pick up after chapter three, surely left off because that was Wolverine. Oh, my <laughs> so God. So, we're not Wolverine. <laughs> Entering some strange portal of his own. Love it. <laughs> Next to some dead dude. I want to say this is this is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say this. This is Malik, the the Russian guy from oh. a couple of issues ago. Yeah, he's like on the ground on like a pentagram. All right. Oh. He's. I guess he's being used for the portal. Whatever. Hell yeah. I don't care because what happens after this is some of the sickest shit. Nice. <laughs> so Wolverine is in hell. Sick. He is teleported to hell and he's like, why am I in hell? And then we get this whole thing because like I said, now we have our 10 mutants have been picked. I don't know who they all are. I'm sorry. I forgot. But they are on journeys to find the swords that they're supposed to bring to the tournament. 
They can't start the tournament without the like the the special sword, of right, dude? Of course. So Wolverine's sword is the Muramasa blade. Of course, right? So Muramasa was a legendary, you know, sword forger. He you know forged the greatest swords of all time, and his whole thing was his swords contained souls in them. Contained the souls of the lives you know that have been taken you know by his sword and you know other swords and all that good stuff. But it turns the swords essentially magic. They can cut through anything because of the power of them. That's cool and all. Yes. The cooler thing is that apparently because of his special ability or special trait or whatever, we don't know if Muramasa was a mutant. I don't know if that's what we're saying here. Right. <laughs> um, because of the special trait, him uh, capturing these souls, he now owes a debt to hell. Because he has robbed them oh, of so many souls. That makes sense. Right. So, Classic. Of course. He has taken the hell. And as you know, penance, he must forge these two swords for this marriage between humans and demons going on down there. And the two swords are like the like the rings for the husband and wife that they will exchange. Oh man, that's and, what I'm doing. That's right. That's metal as fuck. They <laughs> forged from you know from you know how oh, many fucking souls. Hell yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's that's what's going on. Meanwhile, uh, so Muramasa is down there, kind of giving Wolverine a, a bit of a lowdown before all of Wolverine's skin is burned off of him in the Hellfire. Of course. So we were introduced to an adamantium skeleton talking to this other person in jail. He's not talking; he's just kind of laying there being an adamantium skeleton. But his skin and organs are like growing back and shit. And I don't know the lore behind that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not think that was a thing. Uh, but sure, he is being talked to in this cell by a person named Solemn, who we come to find out is a mutant of Arco, and he's going to be battling. He's going to be Wolverine's opponent. Uh, they are actually both in hell because they both have been tasked to retrieve the Muramasa blade. Of course. Now, I thought this was odd because in the next chapter of uh Extra swords. This is not the case. You know, someone is not met with someone else trying to get the exactly. Okay. So everyone's supposed to have a different sword, right? Except for these two. These two have been tasked to get the same sword. Why is that? Because we find, like I said, the sword was for a husband and a wife. There's two swords. Mm. They're both called the Muramasa blade. Gotcha. So they're in the cell together, and Solomon's giving them the lowdown about him and how he got here. He gave some fucking weird mutant oracle a skull of some weird other witch thing, and she's like, okay, here's the key to fucking hell. Go get your shit. That's literally how it happens. Sure. It was sick, but like also, all right. Right. (laughs) Um, So I like the Solomon character. He's pretty funny, pretty chill. It's kind of weird because he almost reminded me of how people think of Wolverine. Oh, like yeah? in a situation because like of the this, movies and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, calm, cool, like collected, kind of making like a joke here or there, but no, he's about to like, you know, fuck, but kind of got the smile on his face. Like if this right. guy was smoking right. a cigar this whole time, like I could I could have seen it. Right. And you had that juxtaposed against this Wolverine who's like, I'm in fucking hell. Dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is not about it. I need this fucking sword, man. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, listen, we're gonna be able to do this, but you know. It looks like we got to do it together. And as much as I don't really want to work with you, this is how this is going to have to kind of go. And Wolverine's like, why the fuck would I work with you? Well, what, right? what, 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 what is this? So he tries to like fucking slash at him with, of course. The, with the claws. Doesn't do a thing. We find out that Solemn has adamantium skin. All right. We've, we've gone too, cool, too far. <laughs> we've gone way too far. And Wolverine's like, 
that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> and Solomon's like, I know. I bet you wish I <laughs> wish you wish you knew. <laughs> oh my god! They give like a little breakdown, but it's it's not worth like mention. It doesn't mean anything. It's probably a lie. <laughs> so Wolverine's like, "Fuck! I guess I will work you now that you also got a huge dick." So right. they, yeah. So, so their whole thing is, we gotta crash the wedding. So they literally play wedding crashes. They go, they you know, ambush them. They start going at them. I'm not gonna, you know, really get into it. The the the, the fight is fairly uh fairly straightforward. I get into a scuffle, and somehow to, some kind of way, Solomon ends up with both of the swords. Oh boy! Wolverine's like, "You bastard!" And he's like, "You know what? I like you. We've had a fun time. We clearly have a lot in common, and I want to get to know you a little bit more. And I'm in a generous mood, so I'll sell you the sword. How much you want to buy it for, little man?" And so, Wolverine buys the sword. But we do not know the cost. Ah. All we see at the end of this is Wolverine walking out of the portal into the circle where uh, magic is already there Ah. with the sword. So, of course, he paid the uh, paid the toll saying, I really hope that that this is worth it. Sure. So who knows? And, you know, the character like Wolverine, vast history, a a myriad of things he could have put on the line. Yeah. And a character like Solemn. Very. like, Like I said, brand new character. Who knows what he could have possibly have wanted from Wolverine, who we have found out is already interested in it. I, it's it's this is already weird for me because I have a bad feeling that I am not going to get the end of this confrontation in the next X <laughs> the next X Force books. It's probably going to be in a different book. You know, it's going to be X of Swords probably, but I'm probably not going to follow up on this fight next month. So I'm oh, going to have to figure out where that is. That's me just you know. Yeah, guessing. that's fair. But yeah, fun issue, Benjamin Percy. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the Benjamin Percy on the uh, the writing, Victor Bogdanovich on the art, Matthew Wilson on the color, VCs Joe Carmanga, Mar Mar Margna Carmagna. yeah, great book. Just uh, like I said, I had to catch up with a lot. A lot happened, and then like I said, I don't know where I'm gonna get the rest of it. Yeah, because the next chapter has nothing to do. Why would it? Would of course, because the next chapter we're picking up on our next sword. Uh, which is going to be held by Storm in the pages of Marauders number 13, which is written by Vita Ayala, who is not the usual writer for Marauders, art by Matteo Lolli, and coloring by Edgar Delgado. This was a lot more straightforward than the last one, I would say. There's a sword uh, called the Stormbreaker that is an ancient Wakandan relic of course, that has been passed down for centuries, even though it was created this year. Um, right. It is made of. Yes, yes, yes. I had that same expression. It wasn't a joke. I was reading this and I was like, OK, this sounds pretty crazy. What's going on here? Google did. No. Skybreaker. First appearance. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, OK, so this is this is all made up. And then I started thinking, because then there's, this makes it a couple of retcons in here. Because it calls the Skybreaker the purest form of vibranium. This is vibranium at its like most, sure. most innate. And I was like, and now I haven't read a lot of Black Panther. I'm more than sure something has been referred to as pure vibranium. 
Sure. Have all those occurrences just been lies now? Because this is now the pure vibranium, this thing. That you, but anyway, yeah. I'm not going to talk about the whole, you know, history that was made up of how this was passed <laughs> down, you know, from Black Panther to Black Panther, despite right. it being mentioned just now. Yeah, dude. But Storm needs it. So she goes to Wakanda, and which opens up a whole can of worms, because as some of you may know, she used to be married to Black Panther. She used to be married to T'Challa. So when she gets there, she's met by uh, Shaw's mother and uh, Shuri, who is a child's sister and the head of uh, you know, technology and education and all that stuff at Wakanda. And she is telling them that, listen, you guys heard the first part of the podcast where we, we talked about yeah. <laughs> the whole tournament thing that's going down. I need a weapon from Wakanda. And they're like, oh, OK, you know, do you want this thing or do you want that thing? or do You want this thing? And she's like, no, I need a, I need a specific weapon. And they're like, Storm, like you're, you're essentially family. Just tell us what you need. Right. And she's like, I need the Stormbreaker. And they're like, oh, oh no, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't have Stormbreaker. Classic. And she's like, why can't I, why can't I Stormbreaker? And they're like, well, T'Challa, I'm oh, sorry, it's the Skybreaker. My apologies. Ah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You can't have Skybreaker because, you know, T'Challa is the one, you know, it's been passed down from generation to generations. He's the one who's in control of this and yada, yada, yada. And Storm's like, okay, I get all that, but, like, you guys don't understand, like, right. the this fate is, of the world tournament arc. is this kind of on the line right now. And they're like, you don't understand. This is our rules. So Classic. you can wait for T'Challa to get back. He should be back in a couple of days. Or you can fuck off, essentially, in a nice diplomatic way. Sure. And Storm's like, okay, I'll just wait. Lies. She is going to go steal it. Sure. So she, you know, camps up, goes uh, goes to her room or her little apartment on Wakanda. She is met by uh, Shuri for dinner. Brings her a dinner and says, hey, I didn't want you to eat alone. So I'm like, you know, thank you. And they get into like a whole can of worms. And it's just, it turns into like a, a big thing. And it's essentially the who whose people are you referring to? Because Storm is saying, I'm trying to protect my people. And Suri is ah. saying, I'm trying to protect my people. And I thought you were one of our people. Ah. And Storm is saying, well, I thought you were one of our people. Oh, shit. So we got this, this like I said, this whole thing going, which is obviously a meta commentary for, you know, uh, racial tensions, but also like those double marginalized people, you know, for the, for the unfortunately, if you happen to be right. black, Hispanic and gay. Sure, you know, you sure. have to fight multiple fronts, multiple wars, all in the same time, and it can be as confusing as it was <laughs> you're reading something like this. A hundred percent. Where you can totally get where these two people are coming from, and you understand their uh, their passion for their beliefs, but also you're like the answer's right in front of you. Yeah, like you you you're answering yourself actually. Yes, yeah, so you you're both the same people at at the same time. We're all all of this, right? right? And but they're they're both they're they're on opposite ends. Hard to meet in the middle. Exactly. So Storm's like, "You're wrong. I'm doing this. I don't really care what you say. I'm OP. I'm I'm OP." <laughs> so she kind of like sends her away, saying, "Oh yeah, blah blah blah. I'll I'll see you tomorrow." She goes, sneaks into the you know vault or whatever, whatever, and using <laughs> using her knowledge from being with T'Challa, sure. she has learned all about all the security systems in this vault. As you would, as you, you would when you yeah, marry yeah. someone. They, usually, it's the first thing you talk about. Of course, I mean by her 
<laughs> her memory. This is all they talked about. Oh god, she has a one-to-one memory of all the security <laughs> fail saves. <laughs> and of course, it doesn't matter because Shuri picked up on the fact that Storm is going to do this anyway. Sure. So she meets her down there and says, "I'm not letting you get out of here without a fight." So they go against each other, which I find rather hilarious. That is hysterical. Right, because it's like them kind of having like a fist fight, which, it, right. So it's like they're having like swords and like Shuri has like these things. Okay. So it's like it's supposed to be like, you know, it's more of one of those like conversations. Like they're talking uh, while they're fighting and the fighting moves are supposed to, you know, be indicative right. of their feelings and everything. It's visual storytelling right. through f- fight. Right. Exactly. Of course, when Storm decides that this is over with, right. she fucking knocks her out. Is Storm. Right, right. And then takes the fucking sword. Yeah. So on her way out, she is met by a bunch of vibranium Black Panther bots that she triggered a failsafe that she was not aware of. Nah. Right? And so she was like, oh, you know, T'Challa and tell me about this one. Takes out the Skybreaker, fucking lightnings it. Of course. And it turns into this big, you know, lightning thing because, yes. Takes out all the bots. And then, of course, who is there? Black fucking Panther. T'Challa's back. It's been a couple hours. Damn. Yeah, yeah whatever. So he's like, Storm, my love. <laughs> like, what's, what's, what's going on? And she's like, what the fuck is your problem? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's the thing about you. you know? <laughs> what the fuck is your problem? You got these people here. You got fucking secret swords. No one wants to fucking do shit because of you. Yeah. And T'Challa's like, whoa. What's going on? <laughs> and Storm kind of like kind of catches him up, but not really. She's essentially saying, "People's lives are on the line. The right. world is on the line. No time for this, right?" And you guys are doing this whole like Wakanda shit. And the child essentially says, "Listen, just just take the damn sword. <laughs> take the damn sword. You didn't have to disrespect my family, disrespect <laughs> our trust. Like, do you not have like a phone? Like, like could you, could you call somebody?" But at the end of the day, the child does you know kind of come to the realization that. He has kept his people maybe in the dark or something like this. They should have felt empowered to give someone like this, like Storm, sure. this resource. Her given the context of what's going on, right? So he he takes that on himself, but also is able to contextualize in the fact that like, hey man, like put a couple people's lives at risk. Like we told you not to touch the sword, you didn't know what was gonna happen if you like, removed it. Like this could have sure. been like our fucking structural integrity. Like you right. don't know yeah. how this shit works. You never know. Right. They could have turned all the vibranium into fucking. Dust. Exactly. Right? You never know. And so one of the cool things we get is we get a cool breakdown of the swords. I forgot to mention the Muramasa one, but I kind of broke that one down. Right. Uh, this one is a an amplifier. It's a short sword, short-ish, I guess, but its thing is that it's a conduit for energy. So it just takes whatever you put into it and just makes it, you know, as, as big as possible. Essentially. Gotcha. So in the hands of someone like Storm, this is something that can be Pretty pretty useful in the hands of the X-Men, obviously. And uh, that's the end of that one. Storm gets a sword. She is back where uh, Wolverine and Magic are. So we get that you know continuity there as well. But as far as chapters go, these chapters do not even touch each other. There is, there is no mention of the other one, which I find sure. odd. Because there had to have been mention of Wolverine in Wolverine's book in terms of Exoswords, because he just fucking ends up in hell, and I assure you that is not where he was in the previous <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the previous X-Force. So this is already already kinda loose, mm-hmm. but I like what's going on just because it's straightforward. It's fun shit. Sure, it's and neat, yeah. Exactly. It's one like of it. those things where if you took it too seriously, you could be like, what the fuck is this? Right. But if you take it with the right amount of salt, it's just it's like it's a nice 
I like I'm 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 excited for what's happening. I same That's as I right. have to say, I would like to see what happens after. I get that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Neato. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was really all I had. I don't really have any more reflections. There's a lot of introductions. This is more about swords than anything else. Swords and politics. Shit, dude, I'm about that. Weapons, politics, social systems. Uh, political power grows out of the barrel of a gun. Hey, man. Mao Zedong. Yeah, Yo, you're reading uh, X of Swords? <laughs> <laughs> political power grows out of the hilt of a sword. That, Leif that, Erickson. Nice. I don't think so. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> but I'm sure you'd support it. But yeah, that was it for for Marvel for the extra storage wrap ups. Yeah, sorry that kind of drug out, but like I said, I essentially gave you guys five five issues yeah. of five issues of content. So you're, you're welcome. Yeah, there you go, you jerks. What have you given us, huh? I'm just kidding. You guys, yeah, you gotta give us everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this makes my week. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Shout we out look, to you guys. We look forward to this so very much. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Okay, well, moving forward. How shall we proceed? I have two image books, a dark horse, and two booms. I have one image, one dark horse, one vault, one aftershock. Oh so my god, dude! I think so. We each have four. The collection, huh? I think we, yeah, we each have four left. Yeah, I have five left. Oh, five left. Okay, I mean, do you works. have five too? Is my math just bad? No, I have four. Okay, well, I have five. Okay, my brains. One of them I can get through pretty quickly. One of them. <laughs> All right, just hit me first. You know, let's just go. Let's just start at the beginning. Yeah. Then here's where we start. This is the thickest issue decorum oh, shit. I've seen so far. And I think part of that is because we do this amazing shtick in here. So, chapter 12. This is not a job for those with a weak stomach, okay? This is actually issue 4 of John Hickman and Mike Huddleston's decorum. Or okay. issue 5, excuse me, I'm sorry about that. But we're on chapter 12, things have gotten moving. And now we have hit the point where we are going to move at a bit more of a rapid pace. Okay. Because we need things to evolve quickly. And how quickly? Three years pass over the course of this book. Wait, what? Yep. After everything? After everything that's happened so far in the past four books, which has maybe been a course of days. Right. Um, this, we're going to move forward three years in the best way possible. So, first off, look at this thing. What the fuck is this? Exactly. It's great. It's awesome. Um, year one. Ooh. Boom. Again, amazing art. Nice. Just mind-blowingly good art. So we do this really cool thing here where basically they talk about how, you know, this is a craft. You know, this is our female assassin lady talking. Right. Crafts aren't things you're intuitive. Crafts are things you learn. You practice. It mm -hmm. takes time. And so they have this whole idea of education, application, and repetition. Okay. Okay. And so within the education, we have biological aspects, weapons aspects, and research aspects. We can see here kind of little, little examples without any text. Yeah, okay. It's just like good visual storytelling. Right. You know? She's learning about the heart and a human and stuff like that. And everyone's like, okay, cool. <laughs> she's learning about weapons. She's not very good with them. Of course. She's learning. She's doing the research. She opens this big book, and there's a letter in it that says, I hate your guts, but I bet they're tasty. And she looks over, and it's like the stork lady assassin. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, what the hell? So... They do that, she does, and then we go to application, you know, and it shows her with, with Jetty, Sam, Sam, and Ursula. She gets her ass kicked by all three. Of course. Love that. And we go forward to repetition. She accepts the contract, there's a week on it, and a DOA on the terms. Okay. So she goes in there, hard art style change. Yes. Our Sass lady is guiding her through her first kill. Okay, nice. And she's there. It's this lecherous old man, piece of shit, you know, like, in power. Usual use, target. Exactly, right? Yeah. This is the perfect person to be like, kill this guy. He sucks. Right. Just take you know? him out. Right. Everything about him sucks. You have to think about it. So we get there right to the take him out. He sucks part. And she just can't do it. 
Mm. But you can't take him out. He sucks. It's too pure. So I know, right? So the so our lady assassin's like, well, you know, we're here for a job. So step aside, and she just starts shooting the absolute hell out of this man. I mean, like really shooting this guy. Like Whoa, a lot of panels of shooting this guy. Shoots him for pages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then remember how earlier we were watching the Hunter Hunter thing? Yeah. And like the oh. fucking the lobster bloaster or whatever. Bloaster. He shot the guy in half, and I was like, yo. Yo, okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's it. it. Right? But anyway, yeah, and then <laughs> anyway, yeah. so she shoots him, and then <laughs> she vomits. Nia or Nira, uh, the, uh, the the trainee, right. vomits on the elder assassin's shoes. She gets all pissed. Right. It's like, you, you know, you knew you were going to vomit. Why don't you just turn and vomit somewhere else? Why'd you vomit on my shoes? You know, the age old question. Literally, <laughs> boom, year two. Are you? F- <laughs> so we do this. Same thing again. Education, biology, weapons, and research. This time, things are a little bit more complicated. More difficult biology, more difficult research. Opens up another book. It says, I'm going to murder you in your sleep. (laughs) It's another one of the assassin ladies shooting her the bird. Good stuff, right? This is great. We go to application. Boom. First panels, she kicks the bird's ass. Then she gets her ass handed by the other two assassins again. Keep it up. She beats Jetty, but she can't beat Sam or Ursula. And she goes repetition, another assassination target. So this time it's like a like a weapons like vendor. It's like some kind of like yeah. um, you know like a, a arms dealer essentially who's dressed like a, a Confederate soldier for right. some reason. Okay. And, and yeah, they I are did, also yeah. dressed like I that. did notice that. I was and like, I wasn't like gonna a, ask about the time period. They're on like a balloon. In what the, the fuck? I don't know. like balloon air pirates. I don't know. It's great though. <laughs> um, she can't shoot him. He's also tied to a bomb. And she's like, why do we time to a bomb if we're going to kill him? And she's like, well, we're going to kill him. We use the little gun. We just don't hit the you know thing behind right. him. She's like, yeah, you're supposed we're to use a large caliber bullet for a large caliber man, but we're going to be careful because the bomb could blow up the planet. She's like, okay, well, I can't do it. And the girl's like, are you serious? Shoots the man in the head and it just like, creates a hole where his head was supposed to be. Not bloody at all. What the fuck? <laughs> she's like, don't you dare. She's like, I'm, okay. I'm fine. I'll be cool. And then just vomits again. Boom. Year three. <laughs> so you're catching this, how this is moving, yes, right? this is fast. Same thing again. Biology, weapons, research. This time, even weirder biology gets it. Even right. weirder weapons understands it. Right. She gets another note. It's an incomprehensible alien language. And she just screams. She's like, I can't read a word of this. And there's the lobster lady behind her. just like, oh, well, sorry. I audibly laughed. <laughs> I, I was loving it. Application. Beats Jetty. Easy peasy. Beats Sam. Easy peasy. Still gets knocked out by Ursula. Right. You know, it, it's a life's about the journey. <laughs> Finally, we hit the repetition. Repetition is always the assassination targets. This guy, which you'd be totally forgiven if you don't recognize him, yes. was her initial boss. He was the boss. He was the one giving her courier assignments. So this situation, her assassin, her teacher is like, look, you shouldn't have to do your first kill on somebody you know. Right. I can kill this guy. I understand. And she's like, and they're all having this conversation. She's like, I, I can do this, you know. She takes the coolest looking gun they've had so far nice. and goes up to him. And, they, and he starts giving her the whole, like, I gave you a job. I gave you purpose. I gave you all this stuff, like, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she's like, you treat him like a slave. And then, like, every time I needed something, you would string me along just enough to make me need more things. You right. gave me just enough to keep me here. You know, he's like, that's not okay. And he's like, well, you never even thanked me, blah, blah, blah. And eventually she was like, I've had quite enough of that. And she shoots out both his eyes oh my and then God. his mouth, I guess, as well. Jesus, this is a lot. But while this is happening, she's mentioning how there's someone who's usually with him, some kind of guard. He's hidden around the corner. Oh. So they shoot this. She shoots this man finally. Hey, oh, nice work. 
vomits again, and they leave. Nice. But our last images are this person coming up to the body mm-hmm. and then throwing themselves over the body and starting to weep over it. What the fuck? And then we get this. There's the god egg, I'm assuming, again. And then there's that woman who was hi- who was uh, dealing with it. She was one of the cosmic mothers. She's the one who's like, look, we've never been able to do this as a group. So I'm going to do this by myself this time so that we can like split it up a little bit and try right. that. Everyone's like, good luck with that. It's right. never worked before in the past X millennia. Right. It won't work this time. Well, it seems to be working pretty well. Huh. And that's where we leave this issue. Wow. And our next issue is going to assume be about a sort of revenge or comeuppance with uh, the the bodyguard seeking right. out Nira or Nari, I can't remember her name is, our our new assassin. Right. Okay. Things get desperate. So yeah. Wow. Really great. Yeah. Book. This is sick. It was again. It was one of the more like linear ones. Right. The linear ones are way f- easier to read. They're way more fun to read. Right. They're not as like wildly enchanting as the super out there oh, ones. Oh yeah. No. But that's it's so needed. You need that. Yeah. You, you know what's going on. <laughs> literally. Yeah. You can't have every book just be like. Uh, five stories thrown at you with by three different artists right like that isn't gonna always do it it's cool and it grabs you but you need more substance right and he's been doing a good job of being like here's some weird and then here's something straightforward and here's some weird here's something straightforward and this issue was straightforward and it was one of the best i've seen so far the whole like the repetition of like the weapons training and all that it was really fun it was really great characterization again it's all just Really visual storytelling. Love a training arc. Exactly, and that's what it was. It was yeah. it was a fa- it was a training montage, and one of the right. best ones I've seen in a comic book. Oh, Maybe yeah. the best one. Huh. But I really really love the book so far. Nice. It just continues to be excellent. It sounds it sounds nearly mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, the big question, of course, is how the sing the Church of the Singularity, the Cosmic Mothers, and then this like street punk turned assassin are all going to kind of come together. You right. Know? And we're yes. starting to get to the point where it's like. I can see the reality of assassin being hired to kill cosmic mother by the church to stop the coming of a new God. Right. Like I can see maybe down the line, that is the route we are getting to eventually. Right. I don't know if that's it. There hasn't really been anything. There's been nothing saying that. Right. It's just that that is how I can see these things all coming together. Gotcha. You know, in some meaningful way, but we'll see. And I'll keep reading it because it stays being good. Hell yeah. What you got? I got Inkblot number two. Oh hell! Oh yeah, with uh, sorry, by Emma Kubert and Rusty Glad, the return of the cat. Love that cat. Love that cat. You know who loves the cat? Whom? Elves. Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> because that's where we find it. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> after escaping the uh, the giant lance, sure. The cat went back to the library. As, the, as one would. <laughs> right. The king's library with the, the historian runs away from her. And now <laughs> she is in the forest lands with the elves. We get a little backstory on this particular elven community. They were previously attacked by some wizard who like kind of forced them to militarize. No oh God. But they haven't really like been attacked all that much. They're just like always like. On the edge, like they're just, okay. they're just ready. Like, the elves are just ready to go, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's, that's, um, well, the, the the big thing that happened in the beginning was their mother and a daughter, and the wizard like took the mother away. Oh my! Right, exactly. And we fast forward into the future. The daughter has grown up 
into uh, essentially the uh, like a shield maiden. She is like gotcha. the, the leader of the of the military forces of the of the elves, and she has a daughter, and a daughter is like this big softy. You know, she's a klutz, she's a goofball because you know she's just the opposite of her mother. Her mother, like I said, saw her her mother get poofed away, so she's been radicalized. <laughs> while your whole daughter has only known the protection of her over radicalized mother, so she kind of takes life pretty chill. Uh, until today, where there's an attack, finally. So everyone's like, oh shit, it's time to go. It's time to go. So her mom's like, yo, everybody suit up, gear up, daughter, time to make me proud. The daughter's yo. like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this, already feeling weird. So they get to the battlefield, and they are going up against a fucking dragon. Hell yeah. It is a it is a total elf army versus dragon thing. We're doing all the fantasy things. I love that. This is that book. That's and what needs to happen. It looks great. We have this big roar. Haven't seen the dragon yet. We're in oh. the lair. Everyone's all, you know, suited up and everything. We got the <laughs> Our girl, the uh, small girl, finds the cat there. It's like, "What the hell are you doing here? What's yeah. going on?" And it starts distracting her, and then out of nowhere, the dragon appears. Oh, my. Hits him with the big fire, says, I'm here, pew, pew. Love it. And everyone is immediately coming to the realization that we are elves, and this is a dragon, and we may be, you know, maybe out of our, <laughs> out yep. of our league yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, So, in the scurry of everything, the cat notes something that no one else can seem to note. <laughs> there is a small mouse in the nose of the dragon. And so, being a cat starts it, to chase the mouse. Of course. On the dragon. The dragon takes a note of the cat on him, causing the dragon to be distracted away from all the elves, the army of elves. Okay. They use this opening to attack. Of course, <laughs> as you would. I thought you were going to tell me it was like Ratatouille and there's a mouse that was controlling this dragon. Well, yes and no. Oh, my God. So it, There was no mouse controlling the dragon. But the funny <laughs> thing was <laughs> there's these, these two little animals controlling the battlefield. Right, they successfully sure. turned the tides of this, <laughs> of this dragon attack by simply being an absolute nuisance to the dragon. The people are trying everything. They're, they're throwing shields and, and swords and stuff. But ultimately, the dragon ends up flying away out of complete disinterest. <laughs> he is so perturbed by the things going on between the cat and the mouse that he decides to leave. Understandable. In a show of respect for the cat, the people begin to chant the way of the cat. The way of the cat. This is it, dude. The way of the cat. And the woman's mother has now chosen the cat to be essentially their herald of, you know, of violence, of the military. She was like, in the eyes, in the shadow of the cat, we can be a new, more physical society. And the daughter recounts, Mom, you've always wanted to fight. This has nothing to do with the cat. And that's right? how this ends, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> 
so Hangblad, number two, Emma Huber, Rusty Glad. Oh my. I'm not sure is, 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 if this is going to be an anthology series where the cat just shows up in different <laughs> places and then just fucks up the fantasy or whatever. Like, yo, there's supposed to be like this big war between, you know, the elves and the dragon attack. Oh, no, meow. Right. <laughs> Here we are. And oh, there's so many mouths in this. Oh, dude. I love it. There's the, there's the big one. This is the best one where the dragon takes note. The cat's on the tail of the dragon. <laughs> hits it with the fat mouth, breaking the fourth wall. The, the cat's looking dead at you. Bro, I love it. <laughs> He's like, watch this. And proceeds to end the book with its cuteness, essentially. Unreal. So, so needless to say, this was a dangerous, dangerously close to being the best book of the yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> From from pure shock value, and uh, and content alone, uh, this it felt small, and I picked it up, and I was like, "Why does this feel so light?" And then I real I read it in like less than less than eight minutes. Sure. I want to say, and I was like, "Damn, this really is just a fucking cat and a dragon." Shit, um, dude, <laughs> but that's it, good. But it was sick. That's what matters. Yeah, ink blot number two. Well, you know it was depressing. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> it was Lost Soldiers. Hit me with it. It was so good. <laughs> this book is is good. It's so dark. And it's really, really good. I could absolutely see, like, Dennis Villanueva doing, like, a, a movie of this. Oh, yeah, nice. And it's just getting, like, even more in that world. Right. So, of course, Lost Soldiers, three of five, by the way, with Ailes Scott, Luca uh, Castellanguida, Heather Marie Lawrence Moore. This is a dark book. Um, we've been having these intros with quotes from various forms of media. And this one is from David Lynch and Barry Gifford's Lost Highway. Mystery Man says, we've met before, haven't we? And Fred Madison says, I don't think so. Where was it you think we met? At your house. Don't you remember? No, no, I don't. Are you sure? Of course. As a matter of fact, I'm there right now. What? Yeah, that prefaces the whole chapter. Um, this book scares me, dude. It does scare me. And so we have no dialogue through like 70% of this book. <laughs> but instead we have an inner narrative. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's just fucked. And so we take off right where we stopped, where we oh, stopped last time. Right. The gun battle that he started, which was completely unnecessary. Correct. So something that is clarified here though is that another one of these men that are in here uh-huh. is the pre was um in vietnam with them oh he was their like co that was shitty and getting oh. people killed so you think he like triggered some kind of flashback or something absolutely there's that potential so we get this bloody battle when homie's talking about rifles screaming and the voices of the dead and the sounds of drums going on Shit. and there's this voice that's just like gorging on a war or battle or death and he's talking about like where the boys go when they go into war and like where they come back right hear my drums there's this awesome like after this whole crazy awesome shootout really there's an escape between him and his friend that like culminates there's the escape that happens there's no more text and then we get this and if i am silent and you see him there in the in the car yeah boom Headshot on the people chasing him, and it says, "No, I'm clapping my hands in holy celebration." And it all just falls apart from there. The dudes crash behind them. He crashes as well. 
there's another guy that chases them down. The dude who chases them down, you think it's more of the cartel folks. Yes. He's walking through this house. His buddy crashed the car. He didn't check on him. <laughs> Comes up behind him. It's his it's his old CO. And they get into this whole Wait, are you serious? fight. What the together. fuck? Wait, what? Come to blows. You still have the voice talking to them. What happens to these boys? Right. I'm never complete. My ghost walk in the ho- lands hollow-eyed, mud-coated mouse, wailing forever. Kind of reminds me of a T.S. Eliot poem. Um, swatting to the, or twisting to the rhythms of my instruments. And then we have, and if I grow silent, it is because I am gorging myself. And this abstract color blot. Yeah, what? With him losing the fight to his CO and then getting hit in the face with a butt of an AR-15. Jeez. And we have this. Which is like a hard zoom at first that zooms out and you can see there's a centipede crawling into his mouth. Yeah, what the fuck? Well, the impression is he's dead, right? Right. Because usually you're dead if you let bugs like that crawl in your mouth. Then we get this. He curls up, gets up, starts walking, and there's some interesting things that are happening here. So, one thing I want you to kind of notice here is... In this image of him dead, yeah. do you see this right here in the bottom corner? Yeah. It's like a for sale sign, right? Yes. Okay. Just keep that in mind. Okay. So he gets up. This is him dead in fucking Mexico. Right. He goes up. He walks away, gets to a hotel, sleeps it off, uses, like, gets in a car the next day, passport, crosses the border in the United States, gets into Houston, makes his way to a house. What the fuck? No dialogue yet. What? He's in the house, and then his friend shows up. The friend that we don't even know what really happened to. The friend who was in the car accident as well. And right. then we get this flashback. This is uh, the most colorful, pretty thing we've seen the whole time. It's him with, we're assuming, his wife, his kids, the whole shebang-a-bang. And then you see that same bug that crawled into his mouth crawling on the wall next to a light. And then, boom, psh, we're back uh, in the absolute shit, shit, right? The two of them start to talk. God damn it. He looks at him. He's got the beer in his hand. Black dude's like, where are they? She's gone. She left. She took the family. She's gone. Homie's family, he just wasn't there. And that's where we find out, like, he just couldn't hang. He just has this debilitating post-traumatic stress that has ripped into every part of his life and ruined it. Wow. He could not maintain a family. He is an alcoholic. He's got no friends. He's got nothing. So His life is Mexico, just bloody. Literally, yeah. Everything has fallen apart, and it's been falling apart for a while. The house is in complete state of disarray. Right. Like the, his wife and children have been gone for a while. Right. And so they have this whole exchange there about that, and about how like he's too caught up in this now. You know, he's like he's right. so caught up in this quest for revenge potentially now. That's what it's become. That everything else is kind of falling apart. And that's when I didn't catch this until later, but he starts looking out the window. Mm. Okay. Okay. And they still are talking. And he's like, yeah, well, you messed up. Like this, his buddy's telling him, you messed up. People died. People are looking for you. Both sides have a bounty on your head. Yeah. Like I could kill you now and my family be set. Right. He's like, well, kill me then. And he's like, I'm not going to. We're friends. But I'm not going to help you. Like, <laughs> right. this is it. I'm out of here. And he's like, look, I'm... I can't stop. I have to kill him. And his buddy's like, you just got to let it go. Like, the revenge isn't going to do it for you. And he's like, it's all I got now. I'm, I have to finish this. Jesus. And so he talks about how there, he has this big, again, philosophical core of this book where he talks about how time doesn't ever change. Same story over and over again. 
same fights happening with different people. Right. It's all bullshit. Right. That kind of thing. And he's like, I'm just going to, but he's like, that's awful. I don't, and he's like, do you hear these drums? He's like, I don't hear the drums, but I got to get away from you. Like you're a danger to yourself. You're a danger to everybody. And then the last thing he asks, you know, is like for him to help him. And he says, killing a man never made anyone more alive. And then homie says, you know, that's a lie. And then starts walking away and he just goes, help me. He's like, can't do that. We found out a little earlier that supposedly he was hanging upside. He woke up hanging upside down. You know, he found like his family. He was able to escape barely. Yeah. Um, when he sees him, he calls him a ghost. Like his buddy, he calls his buddy, the black dude, a ghost. Yeah. Um, this is where things get interesting. He's walking out the door. The way this is done, it looks like he just disappears. Right. This gets even more interesting. He's looking out the window. And then there's this alarming face that appears on him because he sees like what looks like a pool of blood out this window. And then he sees a body next to that. And then it closes in on the body and it's clearly his body. And if you look again, do you see the sign next to him? Is it the for sale sign? Yeah. But here's the part that's fucky about this. If we go back a few pages, look at the window. That's the same for sale sign next to the barn that we saw him die next to. Right. Here. Right. In Mexico. Right. I, dude, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I really don't. And so I'm like, and then the last thing we get is like, he's like, I'm ready to go in for war, basically. Like, we have this silence. He looks freaked out by it. And then he's he says, me neither. As in like, he wants to stop this, but he's going to go fucking fight. Right. I can't remember the last thing his buddy says. Last thing his buddy said is, I ain't in the business of revenge, never wanted to be. And he goes, me neither. And then he opens up this closet of guns. Right. And that's how the book ends. Jesus. Nothing else. Literally, that's the final page of the book. Wow. And uh. so it's like, he sees his own death out there. There's the for sale sign. He's looking out of his home in that backyard. But like, he left Mexico. So... There is some level of, of, of shit happening here. Either he is seeing himself in that position where he almost died and now he has to do this, or he is actually dead dead. Right. And this is all just some afterlifey. The story shit. stays the same, but right. the names change. I'm a ghost, but I'm hawked on revenge. Right. And I'm going to keep revenging because that's all I know. Right. Kind of ghost story, lost soldiers thing. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's the title. I'm thinking that might be where we're heading towards. But it could just as easily be this is a man who doesn't like has been harmed so deeply by the effects of battle that like it it, it comes everywhere with him. Right. You know, and so in that scene where he almost died, right. he sees it everywhere. He goes he's in Mexico almost dying. He crosses the border, goes home, and he's in a place where he lived with his family and his children, and he looks out his window and he sees himself dying there. Right. He sees himself dying. Right. So like he just lives life in like this disassociated manner, essentially. Pretty much. Pretty much. Jesus. And so we still don't know exactly what happened in Vietnam. Right. Between him and his commanding officer. Right. That's got to be the next issue. Because I'm certain... That, so there's only five. This is three. Right. Five is the big climax. I'm assuming the la this next issue will be that hook to lead it into it. Where it's like, we finally find out what happened. Right. Now, what's the ending to this? But yeah. Jeez. Dark. Yes. Sad, yes. brutal, Very gritty. heavy, gritty as hell. 
again, would make in the right hands in a, a fantastic film. Oh, and again, the reason I jumped to, I think it was Dennis Villanueva, is because it's got huge Sicario vibes. Gotcha. I see Big saying. old Sicario vibes. Okay. So that's kind of why my thoughts were in that realm. But yeah, if anyone could handle just, again, like kind of a generation hopping, you know, we got story in Vietnam, we got story in the modern right. day, we got to have be able to do those two things in balance, and we got kind of like weird psychedelic, not psychedelic, psychological elements, hallucinations right. and stuff. So if someone can handle those things properly, I actually very much see the cinematic and theatrical potential for this. But really, that just has more to do with Ailes Scott's storytelling and how fantastic it is. Oh, yeah. It he, is gripping. It seems like he's one of those guys that uh, knows how to push the medium in, in ways that uh, feel very unique and nuanced. Yes. Yeah, yeah it, is a, it is a very good read. It's, it can be a hard read. It's, it's very dark, right. but it's really quite good. So very excited to see these last two issues. Um, and I would totally suggest it if you can grab these first three and, and hop on it. I am going to move over to Vault Comics. Nice. With the finale of an arc of a book that I've been a big fan of, No One's Rose. Hey. Yep, number five by uh, Zach Thompson and Emily Horn, both uh, on the script with Albuquerque. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Albuquerque. Alberto Albuquerque uh, on the arc. And I'm sorry, and uh, Raul Angolo uh, on the coloring. And I wanted to give a shout out to Alberto Albuquerque real quick, just because I feel like he stepped it up a notch for this little finale. Because mm-hmm. the the art just feels like it's like check this out. Oh, look at that! It's just clean. It's, it's dramatic. The, the the oh oh yeah, and this this book is drama filled. Oh <laughs> oh my word! So I just quickly catch catch you up. I'm just going to talk about what happened in the last issue real quick. The ending of the last issue, we have our two protagonists, brother and sister brother and uh and a means to foil the um the plans of our uh, separatist group who are extremist group that have gotten a little bit too extreme he makes the ultimate sacrifice and blows up like this uh this train that he will i mean he blows up himself on the front of the train in order to stop them from blowing up way more people gotcha essentially when that happened i thought it was just like a oh you know big explosion in the book you know cliffhanger right, out. right. he's dead Oh, shit. Which, which even when I was reading this, it took me a while to come to realization until like, I'll, I'll get to that. But yeah, I was like, oh, whoa, okay. Everything is, this, this is the finale. Okay. Damn. Sick. Cool. Also, the sister is making her way from outside of the dome, from the, uh, the, the people who have been living in the nature. I'm, I'm blanking on their names right now. Uh, but they stole their like mother tree because their mother tree, the people living in the dome, they're right. di- it's dying. So their thought process is, okay, we found another tree. We'll just steal theirs. Classic. And put it where ours used to be and we'll be fine. And, of course, she was just like, what the hell are you guys doing? Terrible. One, they're definitely going to die without this tree. Two, we're probably going to die anyways without our tree because, three, I don't know how to work this fucking tree. Right? Isn't that like a just, mushroom tree or something Yes, like that? we just got this tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the guy who's, you know, leading the excursion is like, <laughs> literally hits them with the, we have technology. Nice. Like, like, we are an advanced people. We can figure this out. And the girl's like, listen, man, like, you have lost the plot when it comes to this whole technology thing. Like, yes, technology helps us. But also... What the fuck? Like, wow! How fast do you think you, know, you think we're gonna be able to like progress this um this experiment? Because the way you're talking to me, the mother tree is gonna die, you know, in the next couple hours or so. 
Essentially. Yeah. Wow. Or, or yeah, right. That 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 got fast forwarded. I don't know when that happened. Maybe I missed that part. But yeah, Mother Tree is going down, down. Um. So they're like, well, we gotta figure something out. We gotta figure out a solution. And she's like, I will. I'm gonna figure something out. But it's not gonna be because of you or because of you know anything else. It's gonna be because everyone's essentially gonna die because you thought technology was gonna save nature by you killing nature for right. technology. That's not how this works. Uh. And he's like whatever like i'm still gonna get whatever i want because you know you're gonna save us so yeah right does, does that thing um go back to the brother uh sorry not the brother brother's dead <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> yeah brother's boyfriend uh who the sister has finally met and was like oh wow like you the person you know uh, spin's been talking about and he's like oh yeah it's me so they have like in this cool bonding moment but that's kind of taken away relatively quickly because he's like the dead the dead yeah. and she's like oh well, you know, this is a lot because I go outside, I, I relinquish the family name because I try to restore the honor, and you know, so I do I do the things. I go I go outside the dome, and then they 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 turn on me, they take the tree, and now my brother's dead. What was all this for? You know, like what was literally the point of any of my actions? I feel like an idiot. Okay. Um, love it. Right. It's 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 crazy because it's beautiful. It looks beautiful. Uh, very dark. Mm. Very 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 dark. So we continue on. She kind of gets it together, uh, thanks to her brother's boyfriend, who tells her like it was, this wasn't in vain. You know, you didn't have a plan, or you didn't have all of a plan, but we essentially we we both had half a plan, and now we can put it together. Nice. So with your uh, advancements, with what you've made from the tree, well, the, the other people's tree and our technology, we have been able to also. Um, Gather one a bunch of food. We got. We've been building these crops up for a while now, because I guess you know, homie at the top knew that this shit was gonna go down eventually. So we had a secret stash for right. A secret stash of all these goods for the people in the upper class, because you know, very classic classism. Of course, going on. So we had you know, had the rations for them, and so they found out about the rations and said, you know, we can make this enough for everyone if we actually like you know divvy. <laughs> we divvied it out appropriately. At the same time, he was working for the extremist group who had these masks that allow people to breathe outside. And they were going to keep it to themselves and sell it to the upper class people at a premium. Mm. And they were like, that's also not right. So we're yeah. just going <laughs> so to distribute them to everyone when this just goes down. So now they got food, they got masks, and they have a, an experimental tree that may or may not work you know, going forward. So now, what's the plan? The plan is to get out. Sure. Trees going down, domes going down, everything's going down. And there's just this feeling of uncertainty amongst everyone because everyone's afraid. They're like, we've never been outside the dome before. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. And then it just goes on like this uh, this bit of a narrative. And it's very, um, what's what I'm looking for? It's very uh, Noah-esque in, uh, in a sense. Sure. Because, you know, traveling to a new land after, you know, destruction had, had come to a previous land. Gotcha. Um uh, surviving that that storm that fire and they are met by the uh, the outside people people who are living outside and they're like i you know the the fucking fumes from outside must be getting us because i know i'm not seeing what i think i'm seeing here <laughs> uh i know you guys like are here to you know fucking ask for our help right and it's like right. no we're not here to just ask for help we're here to offer help you know we have food we have means of survivability you guys know the way of the land like let's do this together like we we have seen the error of our ways like like, look at us. Like, what? Right. Could, like, what could we possibly do to you right, right now? That, sure. That we essentially already haven't done, <laughs> really. Yeah. And you know, they're like, you know what? 
it's you're, you're right. We can't undo everything that's been done. But if we don't band together right now, we are all literally going to die. So we do not have a choice. Uh, and so that's kind of how the, the, the book ends. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, they, they're just out in the dome. Um, the, the biggest the biggest takeaway from this was something that I don't think was ever discussed at any point. And I, I really hope there's more to this story because um, we find out that there was uh, more than one fucking dome. Whew. We zoom out real hard and there's three domes within like eye shot of each other. So, oh my. so I'm pretty confused. So like, are there just like these domes of people that don't fuck with each other because they're so afraid of outside that they haven't like gone Even far tried. enough yeah. like, to meet each other? Or is it like this other side of society that we don't know about? Maybe they're like warring factions of zones that don't yeah. fuck with each other. And the people who are living outside are just like the in-between. You mm. know, maybe they're like, you know, cultures from each of the different zones. Who knows how different these other zones yeah. are? I don't know because it, it just says the end and then says doopy continues so i don't know Jeez. right so i i, I, I like the story the story was great i was a big fan of it um, yeah seems the, like it right the 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 best part and the my big takeaway and what i uh, thoroughly enjoyed about it was the uh the father um i talked about this a couple times the father that i didn't talk about at all <laughs> right now uh he was a mad scientist right but he was also like a uh, he was a social scientist and as much as he believed in technological advancement, he also believed in taking care of nature and being one with the environment. Mm. And they, they called him crazy because he thought he could talk to the trees. And we find out that like, you can't talk to trees through, you know, the electromagnetic pulses that the outside people were using. Of course. Right. Um, so they kind of use the, these kind of thinkings against them. And you know, we always thought while well, our readings that he killed himself in order to like keep his secret safe with him or whatever. We find out that it was actually a plot by the government, uh, he had these bombs, and they were like reverse engineered the bombs to like try to defuse them, but they actually just made them like blow up faster. So they Oof. like right. So they they so yeah right. So the, the the dome killed the dad, but he was trying to save the dome, but he wanted the, the dome to go outside, and they're like, we can't go outside. Give us the dome technology. Dome tech. They give us the dome tech. We don't want the outdoor tech. We need the dome. Tech. Don't need it. We got and, the dome. <laughs> but. <laughs> But like I said, the the best part is how they use the kids to use uh, to to take the father's legacy and split it into two. Right. With the daughter going down the technological route and the son being more of you know being one to be one with nature. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool how the son died for the greater good, almost giving himself to nature, becoming one with nature in his sacrifice for nature. Right. And the daughter using technology to almost remember her brother uh, by honoring him. By helping, uh, making sure that his sacrifice wasn't in vain. Gotcha. So by her technological advancements, not only will nature hopefully live on, but the um, remembrance of her brother and her father and their sacrifices will live Mm. on as well through her achievements. Yeah, wow. So yeah, No One's Rose, number five, end of the arc, possibly end of the book, maybe. What a strange ending. Uh, A lot of questions unanswered if that's what I think it is. But uh, all in all, great story. Great art has been fantastic. I've been loving the character development. Uh, the plot has been, like I said, continuously every every month has been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why you keep adding stuff? <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, it, it ended 
fairly sweetly. It's kind of dark because we don't know what's going to happen. Sure. But at the same time, it's it makes sense given the events leading up to this. Like, no one was truly prepared for this outcome, even though they all knew this outcome was essentially imminent. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here we are. Hmm. Well, dang. Yep. So, my dark horse nice. is the much waited for, oh, shit. the highly lauded, Hell yeah. the high, hotly anticipated Let's go. Norse mythology Hi. with story and words provided by Neil Gaiman, a script and layout provided by P. Craig Russell, letters by Galen Showman, and then for our three, three, three individual stories, oh. we have three, three, three individual art teams. Okay. The first one is P. Craig Russell. And Lovern Kinzerski. Okay. The second one, Mike Mignola and nice. Dave Stewart. And that's nice. actually also my favorite story. And then the third one is Jerry Ordway and Laverne Kinzerski. Kinzerski again. Sorry. Okay. Um, very interesting approach. Very, very interesting. interesting everything. So, <laughs> so what's interesting is story and words by Neil Gaiman, script and layouts by P. Craig Russell. Right. So we know this is an adaptation. I'm assuming when they say this, we have... For most of this, uh, it is straight up the like from the book. Like it seems like it'd be right from a book. Yeah, gotcha. when we're talking about like the first of these chapters is Yggdrasil and the Nine Worlds. This book, by the way, is just I know it's called Norse mythology, but that's what it it actually is. Like <laughs> there, there's almost no story in this. It is just a just hard. Facts. It is like a hard retelling of <laughs> of bits of Norse mythology. Okay. So this first book, which is the one with P. Craig Russell on the art. It's talking about Yggdrasil, the world tree, the world navel, and right. how it exists and what it does. And mm-hmm. it talks about the different worlds in it. It talks about Midgard. It talks about Nilfhelm. It talks about the different Bratatotsker, the, the squirrel messenger. It talks That's about true. some of the things in it. Just like kind of like the hard lore that you need to know. The rainbow bridges that let the gods move between lands. You know, it tells you what all the nine worlds are with Asgard for the gods or, or for the Aesir is what they call them. Oh, Alfilm for the elves, Nita Veller for the dwarves, Midgard for the men, Jotunheim for the giants, Vanaheim for the veneer, Nilfhelm, the dark world, Muspel, the world of flame, hell where the dead who do not die bravely go. Hell yeah. And then the last route in Asgard. So... And it just kind of gives you that lore. It tells you about the the Norns, who are like kind of like their version of like the Fates and everything. Right. Who there's three main ones and a bunch of smaller ones and that. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of was like, yeah, that's it. And the fir- that's our first story. Oh. It's really just, <laughs> so okay. it's just a hard lore dump. Shit. Okay. Sick. Our second lo- story is actually a story, which is great. It's Mimir's head and Odin's eye, and this is the retelling about Odin going to um, Jutenheim to gain his wisdom essentially and so this is one i was kind of familiar with so odin used to be just a normal cat right he was descendant of a descendant of a descendant of ymir so god by association right he goes to this place he goes into mimir who is known as this wise character who drinks from this horn called gallerhorn and he attains wisdom from this spring and so they have a whole discussion he wants wisdom he looks you know this is the mac magnola one by the way okay it looks has very i love that thick stylized look Fantastic for this. Um, I love this, like that panel in particular of him dropping his eye in. Yes, that's and good. that's what he has to do. He asks, "What can I do for a drink from the Yallerhorn again?" Wisdom and Mimir says, "Pay me with your eye. Drop it in the pool." So he takes the knife, he carves out his own eye, drops it in the pool, drinks from the Yallerhorn, and becomes incredibly wise. Wow, that was easy, right? <laughs> Pretty easy, you know, for for what you need. 
Um, then he gets all these great nicknames, the blind ear is whore, the one-eyed, the flaming-eyed one, all nice, this stuff. Nice. Leaves the eye in the well, because huh. that's what he's supposed to do. Right. Mimir goes on. There's all these wars with people. Mimir is like, he works as a as an advisor. Mm-hmm. And then later on, um, when th- when he's there, things are great. When he's not there, things are bad. And Perfect. eventually, the, the warring group, instead of blaming the stupid king, they blame Mimir for not being there. And they kill him. Wait, what? They cut off Mimir's head. <laughs> that was a jump. So Odin, <laughs> j- completely undeterred right. by the decapitation of his friend, rubs herbs, says prayers, does the whole thing, keeps his head in a good shape, and then eventually his head wakes up again. Wait, what? Odin's like, what do you want to do? He's like, throw him back in the well. Odin takes him back to his world, takes him to Jotunheim, puts him in the well next to the eye. He gives Galarhorn to uh, Heimdall, the watch for, the watchman of the gods right. and the Aesir. And he's like, yeah, blow the Galarhorn when Ragnarok comes so we all know the world's ending. And that's that story. Wait, okay. Right? Sure. Right? Sure. And then the last one is <laughs> uh, Jerry Ordway doing the art. And this one is a little more fun, a little more dialogue driven. These the previous one had no dialogue really. There's like bare, right. there's like a little tiny bit between um, Odin and Mimir. This one has a bunch of dialogue between Thor and um, and Sif, his Thor's wife. Right. So they wake up as you would. All of her hair has been stolen, as happens in the poetic edda, I guess. Um, Thor's pissed and he's like, "Who would steal hair?" <laughs> Loki, of course. So he rolls in, cr- kicks the door down. Loki's like, what's up? <laughs> Thor goes, why? And Loki's like, why what? <laughs> and Thor just picks him up. And he's like, what the fuck do you mean why what? <laughs> my wife's hair, damn you. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> and he's my wife. And Loki's like, it was funny. I was drunk. <laughs> He's like, look, you're going to get my hair, or I'm going to break every bone in your body, and then once your bones repair because you're a god, I'll come in here the next day, and I'll break every bone in your body. And we'll keep doing that until I'm just really good at breaking every bone in your body. That's pretty good. And then I'm going to do it just quicker every day. And Loki's like, ooh. So he's like, you know what? I have a solution. I'm like, I can't put the hair back in because that's just too much, right? That's That's crazy. But... Maybe we can have the dwarves make her hair. Right. And Thor's like, that's pretty reasonable. The next best solution. So, of course. So he goes out and, you know, being Loki, he puts on his magic hat that let, or his magic boots that let him fly through the air. Yes. Yes. Because that's the thing. Right. Always. He goes to the first group of dwarves and he talks to them about how the gods are holding a competition. They're going to have them forge three items, and the gods will will judge them based on the merits of these items. But one of these items has to be golden, beautiful blonde hair. And they're like, okay, sure. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, we're going up against these other cats. You know, like, they're pretty good, I've heard. And he's like, those guys, those, they're, you know, they're terrible. They're they're fumble-fingered losers, and they couldn't shoe a horse, you know, and all this stuff. And Loki's like, all right, good luck with that. So Loki does... The classic bait and switch, the classic oh L switcheroo, God. the uh, the old middle school. Mom said it's cool if dad says it's okay. Dad says it's cool if mom says it's okay, and tells the other group of dwarves that the other dwarves said they were short jerks with with little dorky fingers, and and they challenge them to this this build off, and the gods will judge it, and you have to make three items. One of them has to be hair. This is this is folklore, right? <laughs> it's just Norse mythology. Yeah. 
Wow. And they're like, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But we're going to have to make another side wager here. And Loki's like, all right, side wager, sure. And he's like, side bet action. All right. So if we win, we get your head. What? And this guy's like, <laughs> Loki's like, oh, <laughs> this is this does not seem like a great deal for me. But he's like, of course, my head, no problem. And oh. that's how the book ends. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yes. And so uh, we'll find out more on November 4th on the next issue what? of Norse Mythology. So they will continue. And it seems like we're going to have interconnected smaller stories okay. and then maybe larger narrative-driven stories. I thought it was just going to be three individual stories that were just kind of cool. Right. But the last one is very, you know, it's very plot-driven. Right. It's very much, it's a lot more. The first one's like a lore dump. The yes. second one's like a good myth. And this one's like a story. Right. And the story is going to feed right into the next issue. So that'll be cool to see how that goes. I don't know that story. So I'm excited. <laughs> yes. uh, and it'll be cool just to read about it because we just had Arlie Ferrickson party Ooh, pass like, a couple days ago. Exactly. Had a great time with that. Oh, it was incredible. And so I'm really stoked to be reading more Norse mythology because it's just that vibe. It only makes and sense. And it, it does only make sense. And the art was, it was cool. I hope they keep doing this like different artist showcases yeah, for I wonder, every story. I do wonder how that's going to work. It's a great question yeah. because... I mean, that's a lot to kind of, a lot of things to juggle when you have this. I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight individual people, not including variant covers and cover artists and, hey, and publishers, editors, all the extra. Just say, the creative team gotta is shout like out, that much people. Gotta shout out the editor for something like this, man. Oh, 100%. They're putting together, and I don't know how they did it, but oh, yeah. it was really cool. Um, So, big fan. Big fan of Norse mythology, and we'll definitely be reading more of it. I'm glad you liked it after, you know, the, the big wait. The wait. It was a minute. So long. Goodness. But, yeah, it has arrived, and it was fantastic. Nice. Staying over at Dark Horse. Going to switch it up a bit. Spy Island. Spyland. Number two. Wow. Yeah? I, this this was my favorite book of the week. Hell yeah. This this was everything. Let me get the, the credits, because everyone deserves everything. Uh, written by Chelsea Kane. Cover, designer, and supplemental art by Leah Mitternich. Artist is uh, Elise McCall. Colorist, Rochelle Rosenberg. Letterer, Joe Carmagna. Oh, he's a letterer. Something else we just talked about. And uh, another supplemental artist, and Estella Greenvos. And if you're wondering why we have two supplemental artists, it's because it is the most important part of the book. Okay? All right. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the plot of this because it's a mystery and it doesn't matter. Gotcha. What matters is everything else about this book because <laughs> it is fantastic. Oh my God. So it opens with a straight up mermaid attack. Hey, that's Ger- right. That's where we left off, right? Exactly. Little German boy is killed by this mermaid and we... Almost don't really talk about it for the rest of the book. We kind of like, you know, say, oh, something weird is going on. But this kid straight up dies and we don't really talk about it, which is awesome. Turn the page. Boom. Spy Island. Oh, blood in the water. love it. Looks fantastic. Okay. Uh, we get some more supplemental art here. I forgot to show you this. There's a map of Spy Island. It's a, it's skull. a skull. Of course, it's a skull. With a volcano. Yes, yes. And oh, it's so good. Everything is properly named. So you land. Um... <laughs> Uh, on the cove, obviously, and then there's Danger Lake, Danger Pond, Danger River. You're kidding me. No. That's amazing. Uh, Ghost Pirate Cove, Volcanic Lava Park, and Mermaid Tooth State Beach, which Ooh. is where the little boy was when the mermaid got to him. Of course. Haha. Aptly named. Of course. 
and like I said, the supplemental art in this book is incredible. And I'm not going to talk too much about the plot because that would give a lot of things away. Kind of, sort of, not really. But <laughs> first, first big thing. Connie is the sister of our lead character, Nora. Nora is our lead spy. She's here investigating something going on with a string of mermaid attacks, whatever. More importantly, look what's in Connie's purse. Oh, my we God. We have the contents of her purse all laid out in excruciating detail. I love it, dude. It is perfect. That is fantastic. Uh, the best part is one either... Is that a mixtape, like cassette that's down there? It is the audio recordings of a court proceeding Ooh. from one R. Freud. And we know that Freud is the last name of our lead character, Nora. And Connie is her sister. Right. But who's whose name R? is R? Ooh. Huh. Ooh. Huh. Anyways, keep up with that. Huge. But like I said, that doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that it's Monday. Yeah. It's Monday here. It's Monday in the book. Hey. Every Monday on Spy Island, there's an event. Because every Monday, tourists and new people come to the island who haven't been there before. Or they're going to be there for a while because Spy Island is also a tourist attraction as well as being a spy hub. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Every Monday, they have this party called Call to the Kraken. And Call to the Kraken is, it, well, that's the name of it because it's in remembrance of a couple years ago when a Kraken essentially killed some 28 people and injured another couple 30. And, yeah, they, they just do this to uh, kind of celebrate it. Right? Right? All right. Sure. That, that part sounds kind of weird, but you'll forget all about that when you see the drink menu. Oh, shit. For Look the at Call that. to the Kraken. It's incredible. I'll read you off a couple. Do it. There's the Flight 19. <laughs> There's the Faulty Compass. <laughs> There's the Chardonnay Garden, which is 15 ounces of Chardonnay topped with a fruit salad. Oh, my God. And there's my personal favorite, which is perfect for kids, called the Virgin Seaman. <laughs> and today's special is Mermaid Chum Punch, which consists of tomato juice, vodka, Worcestershire sauce, Bermuda onion, and other spices served with bait fish and a splash of lemon. Oh my god, it's like an awful Bloody Mary from hell. These people are sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> this this book is dark, okay? <laughs> I thought Lost Soldiers is bad. Right, right. That's just Vietnam and horrible war stuff, yeah. Uh, here's a uh, news clip. Oh my lord, look at the, the crack attack. Uh, it's great. Uh, <laughs> it's just a funny little clip. <laughs> the first paragraph is about the attack. The second paragraph is talking about how there's a little ceremony <laughs> to celebrate and remember. Um, yeah, and then um, for some reason, an another lady dies. She's the woman of the German boy who got murdered before. She may have gotten murdered by these mimes up here. Does doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter uh, uh. because we're moving on. Check this out. This is a memorial of the Kraken attack. If you look closely, it's just a bunch of fucking seashells and shit. And on each side are the names of the people that, oh <laughs> that were attacked. Uh, but yeah, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Throughout the book, Nora and Connie have been talking and Nora gets some information from Connie that has allowed her to make you know a couple leaps in logic. Connie isn't being forthcoming with why she's on the island. 
Okay. Okay. And Nora is starting to pick up on that. It might be because that Connie's mission has something to do with Nora's mission. Mm. Okay. That's the mystery. We're still trying to figure out more about that. There's a big twist at the end, which I cannot talk about because it, 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 it was fairly jarring and it makes absolutely no sense. No shit. Uh, <laughs> the best kind of twist. It is. It is a true mystery now. All I will say is that the only thing that could match the supplemental art is the relatively beautiful metaphorical uh, um, anecdote about buoys towards the end of this. Okay. And how they can either mark safe channels or dangerous water. And that's how the book ends. So Spy Island, number two, had everything from, like I said, metaphorical buoy references to... Very, very nice, well thought out drink menus, <laughs> um, and and I, I jokingly said this on Twitter. Spilin does this thing where it like pushes the medium forward, but also takes the complete piss out of things. Yeah, and like, and I kind of mean that because like this this is something that I would never think of seeing in a comic book. No, but, but now it's fantastic, exactly. And now that I have like in the context you're reading about the fucking call the cracking event, like with page before it, sorry, a couple pages before it. It's like a whole like thing, one catching you up on everything and two catching you up on what the actual event is. And it just it, it helps you get immersed into this this place that's so far out there in the Bermuda Triangle. It's called fucking Spy Island, shaped like right. a skull. Love um, it. There's sand fleas the size of people. Oh, my God. Look yeah, at that. Yeah. We're on the back of the book now. The back cover is an advertisement for sand flea formula to keep the sand fleas away. That's fun. You may recognize it if you've been uh, playing close attention because we have seen this before in the contents of Connie's purse. Oh, look at that. Why does Connie need sand flea deterrent? What was she doing? Please, dog. I'll get you. Maybe we'll find out in Spy on <gasps> number three. Hell but yeah, dude. This book was fantastic. Like I said, definitely my pick of the week. And like I th- throughout it, it was, was hilarious. Like the narrative hilarious. I don't want to take anything away from Chelsea Kane, who was the writer on this. Like her writing is very strong, but it's 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 kind of overshadowed by the, by the fucking placemats in this in this book. Sure, it, dude. So good. Damn, man. It's the it's it's Hickman, dude. It's the Hickman lore dump done with fun. It's true. You're absolutely right, actually. It's literally like, here's the thing that this doesn't matter. Here's the here's the ramen blueprint. <laughs> and it's immersing you in this world. We don't need it, but it's doing that. And it's just yep. like, that's just a better version of that. It's just more, it's just fun and fitting with that world. But then taking it even further by having it bring in like fo- 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 uh, photography and mixed yes. media and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Love it. Next level Love shit. It. Big fans. Okay. So you got. I have an Aftershock book. Gotcha, and I got the dose booms. Okay. So, how do you want to do this? Just hit me boom, with boom. One, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, so first boom Al Ewing, Simone DeMio, 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 DeMio. We're going with that. Uh, and color assistance from Maria, Maria Sara Miodi. Let me ask you a question. When they're dead. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> we, only, we only find them when we're dead. As you can see from this two-page Jeez. splash with the, the words on it, again, they really love this. I told you, dude. Al, Al Ewing, man. I love it, too. <laughs> I love it, too. Anyway, so what's going on here? We're back on the good ship, the Vihan 2, the autopsy ship with a crew of four. This chapter has a lot of jumping around in time. Mm, okay. We have most of it takes place 
before the previous chapter. Okay. Um, and it's kind of showing Wait, the relationships okay. between the crew more now. Gotcha. So, in the last chapter, if you remember, we were excavating part of that dead god, mm-hmm. and they were talking at the very end about how they're going to go find a live god. You right. Know? And there's that. There's the space cop Richter. Blah blah blah. There's mm-hmm. a little bit of history between her and the Captain Georges. They killed my father. Right? <laughs> so this time we find out a couple things. First of all, there's only four people on this crew. Two of them are a pair of brother and sister. One of them is another woman. And our Captain Georges is in a relationship with the brother. Oh, okay. So we're not exactly sure how long that's been standing. We're not exactly sure what that all means. But they're far enough in it that they're sharing some personal stuff. And one of the personal things is, I want to find one of these guys. Right. And the, the kid's like... You're crazy, but we should try to find one of these guys. And then he's like, no, you're crazy for listening to me. And I'm like, Shit. what are we doing here? <laughs> That's good. But he's right. <laughs> um, and then after we have that like pillow talk kind of thing uh, between the two of them, it's we see the brother and the sister talking. And basically he tells her what's happening. And then she's like, That's the stupidest thing you've ever <laughs> that's stupid everything you've ever said even he thinks it's stupid that's how stupid it is and, he, and he's like i love him i'm gonna do it <laughs> and she's like well shit so nice. perfect right we jump back to the present you know we're doing the whole thing we're cutting up pieces of stuff right we jump back to the past shit okay <laughs> so he's george's is meeting up with I believe the other uh, crew member, the other female crew member, not gotcha. the sister, right. the blonde woman. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how he had just lost all of his family. Right. He lost his parents, his uncle, and his brother. Jeez. And he says that someone took his place because he got food poisoning. So he was supposed to be there, but everyone else died. Oh, shit. He was just randomly missed it because he was sick. Dang. And he should have died, but it was someone else. And so... That's why, that's part of the reason why he wants to find God or gods. A lot. Because he's like, this was this random? Was this not? Why did this happen? Who can I ask about this? Right. And he's like, we only find them when they're dead and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we get it, you know. <laughs> so he's trying to make this happen. Pop back to the present. Things are getting intense. They're all excavating the God. People are taking chunks of the God off. They're like, we're going to take it easy this time. We're just going to take a chunk of the forehead off. It'll give us some good resources, but also give us something to like eat, essentially. So they're like taking God parts and turning them into usable resources as far yeah. as like food. A lot going on. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, this is also when we find out a little more about Richter. We don't really get a lot, but we know that she is involved enough where there is subterfuge in her... She pretends that she's not on duty. Right. She goes under another call sign, under another everything, to trick Georges and the crew into thinking she's not there. Okay. And that's why they bolt, is because he thinks they have the chance. <gasps> so they risk all this because he thinks she's not there, and it turns out she is in the SRO crew. So right. we're jumping back and forth, and now we're firmly back in the present with them leaving. The colors in this book are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, they look wild. It does a great job of really conveying emotion yes. and everyone's different places. Like, we see George's in the red. We see this girl in the blue. We see the sister in the purple. We see mm-hmm. her brother in the orange yellow. It does a great job of really pushing those, like, character feelings. They are... So what we find out is they're making a jump into this expanse between, like, the known universe and fucking nothing. 
And Ghost so sect. everyone's yeah, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, let them go. They can't if they come back. If they come back, right. they have to come back this way anyway. Right. This is where reality is. Without right. the stuff here, they will just die. And Richter's like, fuck that. I'm going <laughs> after them. And they're like, why is she doing this? She has such a hard on for us. Why won't she leave? Mm-hmm. And so we find out here a little bit more that her Richter's name is Paula. George starts begging her to turn around. Like, he's able to open up the communication like, between yeah. them. Yeah. They can't. They're both, like, warp speed. You can't go faster or slower. It's warp speed. Right. You're, like, you're doing it or you're not doing it. So you can't catch up. The rules. Whoever drops out first is the one who gets killed. Right. Essentially. And he's like, please just stop. Leave us. You know? And this is where we find out that something happened to her that day as well. Ooh. And he, sa- he considers that he considers that day him losing his life, too. He considers it's all over. And then he says he forgives her. So is it, is he, does he think she's responsible for this? Is she really responsible for this? What is the extent of their relationship here? Maybe she's responsible because of something she didn't do. That's just as likely, right? Right. You know, so we know that's happening when, and this kind of like peak of actions occurring while he's saying that we just get a zoom over to Paula. She is not responding she looks like she is dead set on just yeah. going. She's man. in an attack mode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she is just not going to stop. Right. And that's pretty much the book. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, it's very like, as far as like things that occur, it's kind of light. Right. It's very dialogue heavy. It's right. very much like, here's this crew. Here's how they're related. Here's a little bit more about their character just for, through the dialogue. That was really fantastic. Enjoyed it a lot. Didn't really learn a whole lot more about the whole God thing. Like. We learned kind of why he wants to see these live gods. You know, that's that's kind of a thing. I don't know if he really expects to be able to get answers per se from them. It seems more like a, this horrible thing happened to me and I have latched on to this belief mm-hmm. because without it, I would just be nothing. I'd be broken. You know, gotcha. it's kind of like one of those things where it's like my whole family dies in a car accident. So I'm going to push for exchange, you know, like seatbelts mandatory or right. like put a stop sign somewhere, right? Because right. you you hold on to that to give meaning. Would that actually stop anything? Who's to say? Who's to say? Right. What Does it actually mean anything in the end? Who's to say there again? Right. But he has grabbed this bright spot, this hope, and that is what continues to drive him really at this point. Wow. Or so it would seem. I'm digging it. I'm digging it too. It's really cool. Al Ewing's great. The dialogue is great. Nice. So I would strongly suggest it is only on two. Right. So hop on board. And of course, the whole mystery of what are these gods? Are they even gods? Why do they only find them when they're dead? Are any of them fucking alive? Right. Whoa. What is is going on with that? Like that, the huge mystery of the gods is great. And it's supplemented by the little mysteries of how is, how is George's and Richter related? What happened to the family? You know, like all these smaller things that are going on there. You're so. getting both. You're getting the mysteries of the universe yep. and, you know, also mysteries of the universe. Like, yep. why do we do with the things that exactly. we do? Exactly. Micro yeah. and macro level stuff. Right. Very good. Very much enjoyed it. So, yeah. but yeah, that is, uh, that's, we only find them when they're dead. Nice. Got another very character driven, dialogue driven uh, issue. I guess more, I guess more inter-narrative uh, driven issue um, in what I'm going to talk about. Lonely Receiver number Woo! two. By uh, another Zach Thompson book, along with uh, Jen Hickman on the art from Aftershock. And uh, this one, if you guys remember, our first one was a lot. 
Uh, yeah. I'll try to catch you up. Just imagine you've seen the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Of course. Just imagine you were in a 10-year relationship with your phone. Not like you had your same phone for 10 years, but like you were like making sweet love to your phone. You guys were like hanging out and going to concerts together for 10 years. And then all of a sudden, your phone tells you that, you know, they've been seeing other phones. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually would rather hang out with those other phones instead of hanging out with you. And now you got to just sit there and be phoneless. Um, this is the aftermath of getting broken up with. And boy, it was like the very much like the first issue, painfully on the nose. Yeah. Eerily. I, so what we're doing is we're just going through a couple days, which is a couple days in time. Each couple pages would go through a day in the life of, of Katrin. Gotcha. <laughs> and it's just, it's just fucking sad, dude. Like, it's just, you like, we've all been there. Uh, Shit. I'm only going to say like a couple lines from each day because honestly, it's fairly depressing. Uh, Hell yeah. Day one, there are worse things than not receiving love. <sighs> day two. I'll trash eat until I feel better. Oh, my God. Day three, I'm disappearing. I guess I'm just a bad person. Jesus. Day four, she finally decides to, I guess, make an appointment uh, with the phone company and says, hey, oh, I'm sorry. I almost forgot to mention on day three, she is greeted by the shadowy figure. Oh, man. Yeah. Again? The, the, the eyes and the eyes almost give her a kind of present a sweet deal to her. And they say, Hey, I well, they don't really say that because they speak in this very broken language. But the, from what I was able to translate, because I did not get all of it, um, was essentially, we know this is weird for you, but we're accustomed to stuff like this. If you just listen to us, we'll help you figure this out. All you got to do is say our poem instead of the poem that you usually say. If you guys remember, that was how they accessed the garden, which was this kind of metaphysical mind plane that you can meet your AI with. Just say our poem, and then we'll help you out from there. And Karen's like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not clicking on the malware. I'm yeah. not. You know, this seems like yeah. a virus. Yeah, probably was. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an idiot." So she goes to the phone company and says, "Hey, I think I got like a virus. Like, where's my AI? It hasn't come back." So you know, they send her through the whole thing, and they kind of ask her, like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, "Uh, well, you know, um, it just kind of, you know, left." And they're like, "Oh, why did it leave?" It's like, "Oh, well." We had a disagreement and, you know, she decided that she wanted to leave. Obviously not going into full detail on, you know, because you never really want to, especially with someone you don't know. Not going to tell someone how you broke up with you, yeah. how you really broke up with your ex. So she goes uh, uh, to <laughs> essentially Apple Care and they're, <laughs> they're, doing, <laughs> and they're doing diagnosis on the little phone thingy as well as her you know optical links and everything and they're like oh yeah yeah this is this is definitely damaged <laughs> um, <laughs> right so while the guy's looking at it he's just going on this long tangent about his experience with his ai oh, and God. how it's just perfect you know i met my you know however many years ago and then you know we did this and then we did that and i remember when she first told me she was like you know seeing other people and i started seeing other people and then we started you know doing all these things together and then i felt more a part of her than she was a part of me i became infinite and then right and then she was like 
what like why are you why are you t- like telling me all this like i did i like literally did i ask you about your fucking yeah. relationship you asshole <laughs> um and he's like sorry like just when i, when I think about my boot thing i just uh, <laughs> yeah, i've been there i just i just i just get, get to going and uh so she's like well I'm, am i gonna even be able to like you know fucking fix my shit and he's like oh i don't know and she's like, you just had me here this whole time telling me all these sweet nothing about your AI, knowing that I won't even, may not be able to get mine back. Like, what kind of sick person are you? Right? That's so fucked. <laughs> yes. It, it, it was <laughs> hilarious, actually. Uh, also very dark. We move on, and we go to... Uh, I guess we get to the, the second stage of Apple Care. You know, the, the it's not the hardware. We got we to gotta go gotcha. on to the next level. We got to figure it out. So... She goes to like an AI shrink almost, and they start troubleshooting their relationship essentially. Uh, but unbeknownst to Karen, I picked this up because this is a reflection exercise I've actually done on myself. Ah. <laughs> so the person starts to ask her questions. So, you know, please answer yes or no to uh, these questions. To your knowledge, did the disconnected ever travel to a decentralized network? She answers no. To your knowledge, does disconnected speak more than three languages? She replies, no. Um, to your knowledge, does disconnected ever have more than four partners simultaneously? Keeps asking her all these questions, and she keeps replying no to. And like I said, when I read this, I was like, damn, dude. Like, easy-ass questions. You know your partner spoke a different language? You didn't know they were on a decentralized system. You didn't know right. they were seeing two or three other people. The fuck is wrong with you? Right. Like, <laughs> like, like you, you are that so into your own shit. Even when you're in your relationship, you don't know these basic facts about the person that you're seeing. Uh, and as she's saying no and no to these questions, she's like coming to the realization that she's saying no because she doesn't know. Not that she knows that this person doesn't. That Ryan right, doesn't. Right. She just doesn't know the answers to the questions. So she replies no, and she's just like fuck like this like do i even deserve yeah (laughs) to have her back um turns out she doesn't she gets the call (laughs) she gets the call from the shrink says yeah you're actually ineligible to to have it turned back on essentially because of the questionnaire and i'm like damn like imagine being told via survey that you don't deserve love (laughs) stay stay off of busby y'all um (laughs) And, and it's just her, like, going through it again. She's just, like, uh, it, it's really sinking in now. Like, she is troubleshooted. She's it's not the hardware. It's not the software. Ryan's not here. She can't ask any questions. She has to sit there with her loneliness and her mistakes. And she, she crumbles. She can't handle it. She's meted by the shadowy figure again. And says, oh boy. Uh, so how'd that go? <laughs> you know? Don't, don't, like, don't you miss her? Like, don't, don't you want to talk to her? Like, look at you. Like, wouldn't just talking to her be better than this? Like, look at how you feel right now. Could I possibly do something worse to you than how you feel right now? Ooh, <laughs> shit. Right, dude? <laughs> um, and Katra's like, you know what? Fuck it. Then she says the poem. She says, you know, what the, what the shadow figures tells her to say. And she is taken to fucking Club Garden, bro. The lights are bumping. The music is flaring. And it is just a fucking dance party. And she's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Wait a minute. What's that? I, I feel her presence. She's here. Ryan's here. She turns. Boom. There's Ryan at the fucking dance party. Oh, my. Goes up to her and says, Ryan, what the hell? What is this? Is this you? Is this really you? And Ryan says, of course, it's me. 
It's been me the whole time. And that's how it ends. So. Well. Right. Confusing. Obviously very confusing. I already have a lot of a lot of projections, a lot yeah. of speculation. Um, this is obviously going to make that turn. I shouldn't say obviously because I really, I really don't know. I don't think anything obvious about this damn sure. book. <laughs> um, but it feels like it's going to make that turn into that uh, that dark part of relationship conversations where you say, uh, "How you feel about an open relationship?" Because I felt like this whole dance party thing is, you know, just a metaphor for her being sure. involved and being around a lot of people. Sure. Katrin arriving to the party is her arriving to the idea of group relationships. And her seeing Ryan there amongst all the people obviously excites her, but now she has to deal with the fact that all these other people are around as well, but this is where Ryan wants to be. So how do you deal with that? Do you learn how to party? Or do you decide that because you don't want to party and Ryan does, then Ryan's not the one for you. Right. It's antithetical. Right. That's where I think it's going, at least. Hmm. But we get a small preview of what's going to happen. You know that set of eyes we've been talking about? Yeah. This little preview shows two sets of eyes now. And they're an eye. (laughs) (laughs) Bruh. (laughs) But yeah. I love this. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> this is this this has been great. Um you know, I've never uh read something that made me want to call my ex. You know, <laughs> it's, it's usually like, you know, songs and, and alcohol. Sure. Uh but you know, this is one you read when you're just like, Yep, 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 been there. We get it, Zach. We get it. Can you get can you get to the redemption part? Of the story, right. like we've all been, we've been sad, you know. <laughs> you gotta, I too have been sad, right? You gotta take me down the road, but he he does it ex- expertly. Like I said, those are just a couple lines from those couple days that she was like, you know, you're alone, thinking about herself. When you put them all, you know, together, it's just you feel it. Like you know, we've all been there alone for a couple days, left to our own devices with our own thoughts, and sometimes it can, can kind of get to you. Shit spirals, and you need that kind of snap out of reality, you know. And unfortunately, sometimes it ends up being a shadowy figure promising you some shit that may or may not be real. But yeah, the lonely receiver and number two. Good stuff. Great stuff. Oh yeah, love it. Love 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 it. That was really good. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. We'll move back to Boom with Jeff Loveness, Lissandro Estherin, and Patricio Del Pecci's Strange Skies over East Berlin. Isn't this a movie? I think so. <laughs> I can't remember. I, it was something, right? The name sounds so familiar. It was familiar. something else. It does sound really familiar. Uh, anyway, 1973, the, everything's fucked. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's, it's the 70s. Like, right. What, you know, what is the, right? The summer of love is, is past. <laughs> Shit has gone off the wall. It's not the 80s yet. 100%. Pink Floyd is no longer writing psychedelic music. We are now fully dark side of the moon. Capitalism bad. World is in the shitter. Nice. You know, Vietnam occurring. Eastern Bloc in, in progress. You know, surveillance state of East Germany. So, and that's where we start off. In East Berlin. So, we're immediately thrown into this man. And he's having the whole... He's having the experience. 
He's going through it. He's doing the Rorschach. He's doing oh, the, you shit. Know, the noir. Oh, it shit. opens up with him going, why do we lie? God damn and it. And I almost closed the book right <laughs> away. And I was like, yeah, I know what we're doing. Yeah, here, break out your fucking up. notepad, you right? nerd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, turns out this man is helping some people get over the wall. Guess what? It's hard to get over the wall. Mm. Die. <laughs> so... Um, it goes on to talk about the classic lie thing, you know, the whole, uh, the, you know, it's natural for humans to lie. And most often we lie to ourselves. Right. It's right. from Rashomon, the, what's it called? New movie, Akira Kurosawa movie. And that's basically what he says here is like the easiest thing to do. The easiest person to lie to is us. Right. And, um, you can lie as much as you want, but it doesn't really matter because eventually the lies run out. Okay. And so we find out that. Oh, excuse me. Right before we find out the next part of this, an event occurs. The people who was trying to help escape, one of them gets shot. The other one's getting snatched up. He's running. And right when he's doing this whole wise thing, he says, the truth finds you. And we get this splash. What the fuck? Exactly. This whole up to this point has been this man helping people sneak out of East Germany. And then we get this. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck? So everyone's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> And then we flash forward to the more important parts. <laughs> Kiner. Okay. So Kiner is some kind of officer. He susses out conspirators within the Stasi. And we find out our man is in the Stasi, which oh, is like the, you know, the 70s version of the Gestapo, essentially. The, okay. the Russian-German cooperation of police state right. to suppress the people of East, of East Berlin. And um, this woman is trying to get help, trying to get him to help. He's a, he's a double agent, essentially. He's helping people move information as well as people and, and a product and stuff like that. But he's a little concerned about all that. He's like, I the longer I do this, the more dangerous it is, basically. Right. And that's pretty obvious. But she's like, we need you to figure out what's happening. There's, you know, there's secrets everywhere, but nobody can keep a secret. This is a surveillance state. Right. You can find it out for us and help us figure this out. So this Keener fellow, he is this guy who susses all this out. But he is able to sneak under his radar because he's very good at playing the part, you know, going in, doing the paperwork, all that shit, right? Right. And uh, spying on spies, that kind of stuff. So finally, he gets the place he needs to be. He goes the way and ends up holding up with the Soviets because they're the ones who are looking into this crazy light in the sky. And on the way there, he has a flashback. The first time there's any like real color in this book. Okay. Everything's kind of demure and muted and it's right. very, you know, Soviet blocky. And then we have this woman. And this woman is something he almost forgot. A good that he used to believe in, all that stuff, but it's it's played up like this was a woman from his past who's now gone. You know? And so then we snap right back to reality. Up oh, there goes gravity. You nice. know? And <laughs> While gravity's leaving, <laughs> there's a lot of other shit that leaves. Like, everyone's <laughs> peace of mind. <laughs> he goes in, and they're not there for the specific crashed item. He's there to talk with a soldier who is part of the recovery team. Okay. Something's not right with this guy. Yeah. Like, immediately, yeah. <laughs> don't talk to that guy. Nope. <laughs> so, like, go talk to that guy. Of course. He's like, you know what? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I'm Stasi. We can handle this. He goes in there. Um, the situation gets worse. This is clearly, oh, shit. What's clearly not someone to talk to. No. Underscored further by the fact that the letterer has decided to have his words be in blue. And I'm like, I don't know what blue sounds like. 
but you want to get away from it. Soft. You know, yeah. Well, whatever it cool. is, get out of there. Nice. Because <laughs> now he's like bleeding from the eyes. Oh. And he's talking about how it came to us. And he's like, what came to us? And he's like, we shut it away. We shut the truth away. He's oh, like, no. we've lived in these lives. Oh, we can't even look at the truth, no. man. But it showed me, man. No one else knows what I did, but I knew the truth, and it knew the truth, and now the truth's here for me, and you got to open the door, man. You got to let it out. And he's like, what am I letting out? And kablam. What? Wait, what? I. He just, like, just emits just light <laughs> strings. <laughs> Not great. Not great. <laughs> but amidst the light strings, our Stasi agent sees something that can't possibly be there. Boom. It's the woman from his flashback. In oh. the light coming from this man's face. Okay. Right? That's right? a bit right? odd. Yes. Oh, it's a bit odd. <laughs> Someone say strange. Yes. He can't believe it. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know how to make sense of it. So the woman who's in charge of this area shuts it down. She's of like, course, we're in yeah. this bunker. She's like, okay. And the science is like, we should probably quarantine this guy. She's like, bitch, the whole place is quarantined. We're showing the whole thing now. This man's face exploded with blue light. We can't let anyone out of here. So that's all happening. They're like, we can't let anyone out, but we'll let someone in. You know, these people in here, like, we're trying to, you know, these spies and all this stuff. We got to worry about all these double agents and shit. You know, they're just rats trying to save their own skin. And we got the best rat catcher in East Berlin. Boom. Inspector Kiner. Wait, what? His superior. So he's brought him in, and he's like, I'm going to get to the fucking truth. And so that's the whole thing, right? He's like, the two of them are having the showdown, and he's like, yeah, the truth finds you, and it takes its revenge to be continued. Well, that was a lot. Right? It's So, yeah, it kind of catches you with the whole, like, oh, here's another Cold War story, blah, 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 spy, spies in the Eastern Bloc. And then, boom, aliens, probably, right. or something. I thought it was magic, you know, yes. Magic, aliens, sky falling, strange skies over East Berlin. Um, regardless, it was interesting enough. I'll probably read the second issue. Okay, I, I liked it. I like the central mystery of it. It probably it's gonna need more to keep me going much further. But I usually try to give books at least a couple issues. And I liked again. I liked the the setting and the mystery enough, and the character. It seemed interesting as far as like the whole strange either science fiction or fantastical element showing characters from your past. I always like that trope. Where it's like it grabs you with that, and it's like, well, this is impossible. How could you know? Like, I, I like that kind of right. shit. I'm a, I'm a sucker for it. So I'll probably uh, I'll probably stick with it and see where it goes. Do you have information that's pertinent to this discussion? I was trying to see if it was. I thought it was like a show or something. Well, I was trying to see if it was out already because I know we got that from got the free, free. Ca- yeah, yeah got the did. free comic books thing, and they usually do the uh, the older stuff for free. So I wasn't sure if the whole thing was out yet, but I can't seem to to find this information for whatever reason. Ooh, eerie. <laughs> okay, yeah, at least four issues of it are out. As far as I can tell. That might be all four, or that might be just where, where it where is. Where it's currently sitting. Yeah, gotcha. But, but there's four out as of right now. Well, I'll probably check out two and three, and if I like it enough, I'll keep going. Heck yeah. Well, that's it for me, dude. It's my last book. Yep, that was it for the books total. Nice. Yeah. So we're moving on to the books coming out this week. Hey, yo. Lightish week, obviously, because of the humongous week that we just talked through, but not light in the power pack punches because we got two heavy hitters. Uh, these two have been coming out at the same time uh, for the last couple months now. Mm. Dark Knight's Death Metal. Woo! 
the return after taking the month off with all the tie-ins and right, stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but we knew that was coming. It was laid out on the on the whiteboard by Snyder himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're also getting Strange Adventures number six. from uh, Yeah, from the three-headed monster that is Tom King, Mitch Jarrett's, and Doc Shannon. So definitely looking forward to those two. Getting a couple more issues of X of Swords with Hellions number four, Cable number five, and New Mutants in 13. Yes, so another another three issues of Exosaurs out this week. You guys Wowie. are right. I, I am luckily not reading. Brutal, dude. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, we'll, I'll figure it out. I, I promise you guys, next time Marauders comes out, you will know some of the stuff that happened <laughs> in between. Um, Justice League uh, Odyssey 25, the finale. Yeah. We'll finally figure out how Cyborg and Corey got right. to the future. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> in, in the fucking Doom Metal event going on the Justice League. So, you know, hopefully that'll make sense. And hopefully it'll be a great, you know, finale. We know it's a little bit um, premature. Mm. This this series was not supposed to end at 25. Don't let anyone believe, you know, anything they tell you about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this book was cut off. But, you know, hopefully they'll finish strong. Batman's Grave 11. I'm pretty sure this was pushed back, actually. I saw really? Brian Hitch talk about it on um, on his Twitter because he was doing this along with uh, two or three other things. And I guess this was the one that ended up having to get the, the pushback. So, yeah, that will, I don't think that will be coming out this week. Well, Bummer. But what will definitely will be coming out this week is Rorschach, number one. Exciting. New, Definitely picking that up. Yep, new Tom King book that will be, like I said, diving into Rorschach, and it'll be taking on, I'm sorry, talking about the present day, things was happening right now. It'll be Rorschach in our world right now. Uh, it's going to be very politically charged, of course. And uh, like we talked about before, you especially, that Tom King has noted that he understands. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah he, he understand- gets it. Yeah, he understands Watchmen. He's read the Alan Moore. And the whole thing about Watchmen is to not do the things that you think is going to happen. Yes. So yeah. definitely expect the unexpected. Yep, most definitely. We got the uh, finale of Batman and the Outsiders at 17. We have a Green Lantern Season 2, number 8. Finally, dude. Ultra War. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have the uh, Exosaurus Handbook, which I feel like I have to pick up to fill in the blanks. To, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. For you guys, for you guys, if not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seven Secrets number three. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely excited for that the one. Child, <laughs> right? I mean, he's a man now. The man. <laughs> DC, the Dune and the Dam number one. It's another of the Halloween. Uh, stories the the Tales of the Swamp thing story came out, which was another Halloween special thing. So this is like the full DC Universe Halloween special with some <sighs> more varied stories. You're not ah, you might get my ten dollars this week, DC. Maybe those bastards. Maybe we'll see what the covers are looking like. Uh, Red Mother number nine. Oh shit! There we go. Yep, that'll be out this week. Is this was eight the last one you got, or was do you remember? No, I think it was eight. Okay, yeah, I think it was seven or eight. I, actually, that might make sense. Yeah. Uh, oh, can't believe I almost forgot these two, especially. We have the, the ending and the beginning of two very special things. You got the end of Stealth, Stealth number six. Oh, yeah. Right. When one of my favorite superhero comics I've been reading this year it will be ending at six this week. Um, also over at Image was the beginning of something, Commanders in Crisis. Oh, by Steve Orlando. Yes. Issue number one is also coming out this week. So, like I said, big week for you, boy. 
series I, you know, I've grown to love is ending and a series that I already love, even yeah. though I have not read a singular word of it um, because of my love for Steve Orlando will be debuting. So definitely excited about that. What else we got? New series from Aftershock. We've talked about this uh, on the uh, solicitation special uh, called We Live. Another one of those post-apocalyptic stories with, you know, AI being the the ones that are kind of being that that beacon. And maybe they are the ones that are, are kind of ushering the survivors of humanity into the mm. next stage of humanity. But it's up to the AI to, to do it. Interesting. Should be interesting. We'll see. Aftershock hasn't been missing lately. I've been reading a bunch of Aftershock stuff, and it's been pretty damn good. Hmm. Um, so I think they're hitting hitting their stride when it comes to the new stuff. Uh, speaking of new, new one from the newest publisher, uh, artists, writers, and artisans, Grindle, Con- oh, sorry, Grindle Kentucky number two. Um, didn't read the first one. I think I want to pick that one up though, uh, just because I've been I heard a lot of good things about the first one. Uh, I want to switch it up a bit in my uh, my reading. It doesn't sound like anything I'm reading right now. Hmm. New one from Vault, one we've talked about before, Devil's Red Bride. That one, yep, oh yeah, will be debuting this week. Bleed Them Dry number four. Hey, vampires <laughs> dropping this week. Oh wow, dude, that Hotline Miami thing is already on number two. I don't, I we, yeah, I don't, we gotta figure that out. I also have to ask him to order it. Yeah, I think it's only a four part series, but <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. And I wanna, yep, that's it. That's it for the the big big stuff, stuff that we're reading, stuff that we've been looking looking forward to, stuff that we've mentioned before. What are you uh, What are you most looking forward to this week? There's a lot of good choices, <laughs> but I'm gonna go ahead and do the loyal JLO. Oh, to dude. see it come oh, to yeah. its ending, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, like it's got to be. It's the finale. It's the finale. It hasn't been the hypest book for me over this whole podcast. Oh well, yeah. But I love it anyway. Oh yeah. It's been consistently good, and at the very least, consistently interesting. And these last few issues have been fire. You want to? So uh, I'm ready. You want a fun fact? Yeah, let me get it. JLO was the first book we were talking yes, about it on was. the show. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's Just, 100% true. I remember that. Yep. Justice League Odyssey number 19, to be specific. Wild. Wild to think about. And uh, I already talked about it. For me, it's definitely End of Stealth and sure. the Beginning of Commanders in Crisis. That's, sure. a, that's an easy one. I've been looking forward to both of these for a minute now. Yeah. Exciting. But yeah, which with all all the books, a lot of, lot of book stuff, probably the longest we've spent ever talking about books because I think yeah. this is the most books we've... We've had to read a lot a, of books in a week, and uh, we're coming off of that short week as well. We put out the pod a couple days ago, really. Um, so turnaround has been quick. So it's been a fairly busy week uh, on top of the Leaf Erickson Day stuff, the, oh, yeah. the shenanigans that we were involved in. But we should be Chaos. back to a normalist schedule for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, knock on wood, barring anything uh, nefarious. But you know, until the next pod after we. <laughs> read read less books <laughs> than the yeah, pre- Jesus until the, the previous week. Uh, but yeah, like I said, until then, remember to keep, keep on comic booking, nerds. Get a nice weird sink in there. Yeah, it was kind of eerie. That was weird. <laughs> Dude, there's some crazy amounts of double speak that we'll do. We'll both say the same thing. Kills me every time. It's great. I love. It's <laughs> it a lot of. Last time it was so. <laughs> it was beautiful.
I'll tell you what. He's big as hell. 